are two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another day, another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? Man, oh, as soon as this show's over. We got as soon as this show's over. He said Cinco de Mayo, everyone. Sorry, I had him muted there for a second because of audio uh, problems earlier. Um, yeah, so... Cinco de Mayo. You're celebrating single demise, Sarge. Going out, going to go drinking, hanging yeah, out, hanging we'll out with friends. We'll go out and drink, yeah, or, or going going solo. No, no, I'm going to go out and find some people to drink with. I know where they are. Okay, I'm uh, I'm doing nothing. Single uh, demise the same day as uh, Cinco Ocho and Diaz and and everything else. I'm doing absolutely nothing. Uh, That's not true. What's that? Not true at all. That's not true at all. What do you mean? It's not true at all. The holiday, bro. Well, sure, but not for me. It's just a regular day. Just... I mean, my birthday is coming up next. Actually, next next Thursday, right? Next next Thursday is the uh, is my birthday. On on the show, on the show, it'll be my birthday. So episode three hundred and ten, you know, forty four. <clears throat> I think right. Does your birthday does your, does your birthday fall on it? Yeah, it falls on Thursday. <clears throat> so that'll be uh that'll be happening next week. Um. Generation X Gaming weekly podcast goes over a few of the top stories from the past week. We rant along the way. We're live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on 30 and Still Gaming and twitch.tv slash 30 and Still Gaming. If you'd like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, you can hit that share, like, and subscribe button over on YouTube. Hit that follow button over on Twitch. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can hit the membership button over on YouTube or hit the subscribe button over on Twitch or use your Twitch Prime sub. Or during the show, if you would like to give us uh, some love, you can give a super chat along the way uh on today's show sarge we're going to be talking a little bit about uh some battlefront 3 news or not news uh we're gonna be talking about stretch fest or it's like we we like to call it uh stretch fest it's keely fest as i call it uh or summer game fest we're gonna be talking about that we're gonna be talking about a new open world game that's coming out that's called Everywhere. everything every no everywhere it's everywhere it's, it's everywhere everywhere it's everything that's no, everywhere uh, we're gonna be talking. That's the, that's the card game. I'm sorry. Everything yeah. is the card game. Yeah, everywhere is the video game. Everywhere is the video game. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Bethesda's game showcase, Xbox and Bethesda, uh, on June 12th. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Starfield today. We're gonna be talking about Game Pass. I'll just say that we'll be talking about a little bit about Game Pass, and then we're gonna talk about buyouts, tryouts, sellouts. Uh, we're gonna be talking about all the all the news that people are buying different companies. People are up for bids for different companies. A bunch of stuff is happening. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, we're gonna talk about the top 10 of PlayStation 4 and the top 10 of Xbox. We're gonna have a little conversation about what this means going into the future of Xbox and PlayStation and where, where they both stand. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about NFTs if we have time. Uh, we're going to talk about Take-Two's plans in the next two years if we have time. Uh, and then we have a couple little other stories if we have time at the end uh, is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's on the docket for today. So uh, 
We're going to talk about what we've been playing. You've been playing anything uh, new or the same as last week, Sarge? Have you what have what have you been doing last week? I mean, ESO is there. I, I, I do my homework on ESO, but I've, I've been playing uh, until we leave or until we where we leave. Until we leave. I think it's called Until We Leave. I keep getting the name wrong because it's strange. Until we leave? Before you leave. Before we leave. Before we leave. Before we leave. That's what it's called. Before we leave. Yeah, I keep dying. I I, I always get about halfway through. I got the economy doing well, and then I don't get enough time, and then the space bell comes and and nukes the planet. I'll figure it out. When I figure it out, you'll you'll hear me talk about it. But right now, I'm just getting my ass kicked. (laughs) Uh, I did see a video... I want to play the beta, but my computer can't handle it. Uh, that that beta for um, a Dune Spice Wars. I said I said that two weeks ago. Yeah. I yeah. showed it and I said this is a game right up your alley. Yep, yep, yep. I, well, I finally watched videos about it, like all the way through, like not just watch the pretty pictures. Yeah, it's in, it's, it. it's it, a true it's a true 4D RTS. So it's, it's it, early it, access it, right now. Yeah, it's early access. That's fine. They did a good job though. I mean, from what I see so far, I mean it it could be a little bit better from what i understand but considering who took it over better how long they've been working better, on it better you mean not graphically graphically it looks good you mean gameplay game gameplay wise how do i say it first of all dune is very complicated politically like there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the game it's not just it's not just harvest resources and buy armies right right and they they had to capture what dune was and i think they did a nice job like it's not just this place that you are like the planet is the story right so as i'm watching the guys play it and they're talking about it the, the difference between the the factions are good uh there's a little bit there, there's a little bit of um a, a back and forth and there's multiple ways of winning with each faction so it's not because I'm this, I do this, and I win. Right. Right. The AI is good. Uh, the AI seems to be uh, on par. It doesn't let, it, it's not a walk over. Uh, and the, what you need to figure out, like you cannot figure the game out in five minutes. Like you have to play the game and get your ass kicked. Right. And you have to learn, learn from the game. It. Yeah, learn from yeah, it. Yeah, because it's, it's complicated. Uh, did, you, did you ever watch the new Dune movie that came out on HBO? No, I did not. I did not. And I the reason why I did not is I'm just waiting for the other half and then oh. I'm gonna watch them both together. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't like to, waiting I, that long. I have to rewatch it because when I watched it, I was like, uh, this is boring. Like I was bored. It is. No, no, but I was bored and I it wasn't is. bored by the first one way back when. Well, it depends on how you listen, if, if when you watch Dune as a young adult and then you watch Dune. As an adult, it's a completely different it's a, movie. It's, it's a completely yeah, of course. different movie. Of course, any any movies like that, right? If I watch Back to the Future as a kid and watch Back to the Future as adults, two different experiences. Yeah, but the but the complexity of the movie, what you're actually supposed to be paying attention to, and what connects. Oh, with of course, what. you understand more. Like Star Wars, Lucas said that Star Wars, like episodes one, two, and three, was for kids. It There's is. so much political stuff in there that the kids don't right. know what the hell's going on. Well, I understand, but it is it is a very political sure. movie. Sure, yeah, Jar Jar's in there, and they they have moments. But the movie itself, the like an eight year old watching the first uh, one, two, and three when they're twenty eight, they're gonna be like, "Wow, it's a completely different movie than I thought it was." Right? I'm I'm very I'm very hopeful because I really you have to understand that Dune, not not the not because of the story, but. I know of Dune, I knew of Dune in the past. 
I read the book a long time ago, so I don't have like all the information in my head, right? But Dune to me is like the beginning of current gaming, right? It was the first, oh, sure. it was the grandfather, it's the grandfather of the RTS. The original Dune yeah. is the I, grandfather I of RTS. Dune 2 back in the day. I, I used to skip school to play that game. That's how ridiculous it was, right? So having it been 20-something years now and for them to come out with another Dune game and see how they would actually do it correctly, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm excited about it because it's a long time coming, and I want to see if it, if it does what it says it's supposed to do. So far, it looks good. Uh, before I get to what I've been playing, I just want to say welcome. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Wolverine, Krebsy, what's going on? Uh, D Mackey and uh, Dope. How are you guys, everyone doing? Appreciate you uh, showing up uh, for, the, for the live shows. We do appreciate everyone coming out live and, uh, and hanging out with us. Uh, I've been playing... I, I, this week I played a couple different things. Um, I played MLB The Show. I've been continuing my, my road to the show. I, I was on the Detroit, Ly or, sorry, the Detroit Tigers. And, and then my guy was struggling big time and I asked for a trade. Or actually, I didn't ask for a trade. I got traded to the Twins which is a worse team than I was than the Tigers. But I'm actually doing better on that team now. So that's uh, season season two. So I, I'm playing that. I'm, I'm really enjoying the baseball game. I haven't played. I played last year a little bit of uh, MLB. But I am in, I'm enjoying just playing a game. But I don't have to check in every day and just play some baseball, play some games, shut it off, turn it on when I want to. I, there is a check-in thing like in this game, but I'm not playing that aspect of it. There's like the diamond, diamond uh, team, whatever. I'm uh, curious in in your MLB when your guy gets injured, does it like you have to wait an actual two weeks before you can play the game again? Uh, well, yeah. If I haven't got injured, but last game last year, my guy got injured and he was out for like three weeks. So you know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious when I say it, but actual time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you not play the game for two weeks or three weeks because your guy's injured? Yeah, I, I mean, probably, right? That, would be, probably, that, would, probably. Be the, that would be the worst timer in gaming history, right? Like mobile games have timers and things like the timer for baseball. Yeah, you your guy's injured. injured yeah. or, you or you can speed you up the time. You in September. Or you can what? speed up the time and, and, and spend what? $150 to, to heal your guy better. Like what the fuck? That's like going to the real doctor. You got to put your uh, insurance card in to the mobile game, and then it actually deducts the price and it gives you a little bit of premium. You could take deduct your premium off of there. Right. Uh, oh, you've got Humana. Yeah. Oh, you're out in June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm playing that. I, I'm playing. I played. A, I I put in No Man's Sky again. I played it last week, and I played it again this weekend. And I just can't, I can't get back into it. I just can't. I, 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 same with Lost Ark. Lost Ark, I'm playing it, but I just can't get back into it. I'm enjoying it, but very for a very small moment. Um, there's there one more game I was playing this week. Oh, I haven't turned this game on in two years, Sarge. I was in the Switch. I was like, hey, you know what? Let me, let me log into Animal Crossing. So I went back to Animal Crossing, and uh, I started playing that a little bit while, while waiting car line. So I've been, uh, it, two years, literally. Two years, almost to the day, uh, I haven't played the game. So, I've been playing that as well. Uh, and then today, I picked up Trek to Yumi. Okay, and this is the this is the game that I that I'm going to talk about majority. 
And as I talk about this, I'll show some gameplay of it from this morning. Um, I have to say that this game is a beautifully, beautifully... Sarge, can you move your... Go center to your camera because you're, like, off the screen completely. Um, <clears throat> it's a beautifully, visually stunning game for being a... Basically, it's a side-scroller, okay? It's a side-scroller, but... Visually, it's amazing. Like, it, it, it's it's done really well like a film. So much so that the camera stays kind of, like, stagnant in the dead center. And sometimes it'll pan with you um, or does, like, a dolly shot with you. Sometimes it's, like, behind a tree or between a fence and whatnot. It, it's it's really interesting the way there's there's these moments that you're fighting that it feels really good. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm going to be on this bridge, or I already killed the guys on this bridge. Uh, when you fight certain people... The downfall of this game, Sarge, okay, is, see, like, see this? The camera's behind the trees and, the, and whatnot. The downfall of this game is the combat. The combat of this game is, is really bad. And what I mean by that, it's really, really bad, okay? It's a button smasher, but it's like you can do combos and you can do stuff, but you can't attack people when you attack they they just back up or they move out of the way or they 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 block you have to wait and parry so when you block you have to hit let me let me put the controller in my hand so i can you you have to hold the lb button okay when you hold the lb button the guy puts his sword up like this okay and you have to wait now watch like see i'm blocking i'm blocking and you have to wait for him to attack and when he attacks there's this moment where he slows down and then i can attack okay so when he attacks I have to wait to hit the parry right at the right moment, and then I can attack him. Because if I just try to attack him, it doesn't hit him. And they just keep backing up and, and stuff, right? So the game is very interesting. The story I love because it's a traditional samurai-like uh, game, right? It's, it's keeping very traditional to like an old Japanese or, you know, Japanese uh, film. I really like, I know a lot of people are turned off by like the graininess or the black and white. It doesn't bother me at all. I really no, like the black and white. It's done like a, it's done yeah. like a film. Yeah, I, 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 I love how it's done. I love the way the camera stays where it are, where it is. Sorry. And um, as you can see, it'll, it'll pan with me a little bit. Um, it's got little save points as I, uh, that I just hit. But the combat, you can, there's collectibles. And certain people that you beat or collectibles that you find unlock more combinations for you to fight other uh, like to do different combinations and stuff right so there there's there's that aspect of it as well um it's really done like an old movie yeah no it's 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 really done visually stunning uh for stuff okay but the attack system is just i have to wait there's no attacking it's just i have to parry you have to parry to hit now when you do boss fights you can't parry there's no pairing for boss fights. It's literally just try to dodge and then and then attack them, and you have to hit them, you know, a few times. I feel like if they if they did this combat in this game, just better, just better. Okay, well, I'm not maybe, even asking maybe, a lot better, just a I'm little not, bit better. I, you can tell by the way this game was done, though that that wasn't the strong suit. They it was done. To, it was it was done for a specific way. They did what they wanted to do. It's fine. Yeah. Like, listen, it. 
you're used to playing a, a you're used to playing a more aggressive style of game where you attack. This one's more you have to be patient, which is also the way of samurai. You're, you, samurai are patient. They're not they're not super aggressive. They correct. It's meant it's meant to be every move you it, in the samurai world. Every move you make is intentional. There's no wasted moves. There's no and it's all about patience and and and, and concentration. So. That's what they're trying to make you play. You're watching an old movie, right? And you're doing the samurai way. Now, so see, I, I get it. Here's an I get it. Here's an armed guy. I go back in there and 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 fight him, right? I have four health left, right? If you die, you have to go back to the thing. I throw some darts at him right here. I think I do. No, I, I see he 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 hits me a couple times. I'm trying to block. I'm trying to block. I'm waiting for him to to hit, and then I can parry him. Right. See, I'm, I'm I stabbed him, but it doesn't it doesn't actually hit him. Right. I die here. I, I got stuck on the corner and I couldn't I couldn't turn around. It's also a little tricky because to swap from like left to right, you have to hit the A button or B button or whatever. And you like flip around. And I was just like, all right. So the, the, the gameplay is not the best. And is I'm, it, I'm on, already on. Is this on Game Pass? This, this, is, is, on, game this pass? is on Game Pass. It's also, I think, a $40 title for everybody else, like if you're playing uh, not on Game Pass. Um, again, I'm not giving it better because it's on Game Pass. Listen, I think listen, the game it's itself is a good game. I think if you're combat. there to watch uh, uh, this type of game as a film, it, it, it's, it's very good. But if you're playing it to have like a Sekiro type of uh, ghost of Tsushima or batman type of fight with the with the samurai no. you're not no, get, you're not getting it's that basically it's that. basically high def kung fu master that's what this is yeah the, the combat the combat even with the combos now what does feel good when you can do it so if you stun a guy he just like sits there i think i do want a, a move here um you could do your special move which is pretty cool they get stunned and then you like do this like really cool maneuvers where you like decapitate them or stab them from behind or whatnot. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But those are few and far in between right now. Uh, as far as, again, uh, there's no English option. I don't think as far as so it's just all subtitles in Japanese. Um, the, the subtitles are in Japanese. No, no, the subtitles are in English. Oh, okay. I'm saying I was the, like the the, the wow. audio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, wow. Yeah. So that you there is no. English option, I don't believe, but whatever. It's 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 a really fun game, though. It is a fun game. It's a short game. I'm about two and a half hours in. I think it's about five or six hours. So I really like the cinematography, though. I like the way it's done, like an old movie. Like the, the camera shots are are from old movies. Yeah. If if that's the reason you're playing this game, it's done brilliantly from even from the cutscenes to what they're doing, just the way they do it. It's it, it's a it's a beautifully done game as far as visuals uh, and sound. There, there's one sound thing that happened in the very beginning where your master's speaking to you, and it sounds like it's coming from the game, but then the kid talks, and it sounds like they didn't layer it properly. It sounds like it's on top. You know, like if, if it was on layers, like the voice was blended in, but the kid's voice was way loud and like way up on front. And I was like, oh. But the sound effects of everything else in the game, of from the sword playing to the footsteps, to the birds, to the people screaming, to the, the waterfall, the rainfall, everything. You're like, wow, it's really good sound design. So visually, it's, it's, it's impressive. Audio, it's impressive. But the combat is just not good. It's not good. Maybe it gets I'm, better. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk this up to you suck. I'm, that's all I'm going right, well, to chalk this up to. You can chalk uh, it up Everything to else you. is good, and the combat's hard, that bad. You just suck at it. It's fine. The, the combat is just brutal. 
Like, it's just... It's old school. It's old school. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't even feel old school. An old school side-scroller feels more... It feels better than this. Okay? So, anyway. Uh, let me see if I can... Uh, I, think I, I think I might download that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, uh, download it, download it. It's it. Like, look, look at the, look at the different, like the shadows. Oh, that, that's it. That's it. The way this does the black and white with the shadows and stuff. It's brilliant. Watch this. Now there's this one shot. I come across this bridge and just the scenery that you're, you're fighting on. It's just really good. You like knock the guy off. There's this one, one shot that I thought was really cool. I don't know where it is, but, um, there's this boat. You're on this bridge. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see if I can find it. There's a. I'm wondering, by the way you're playing, I'm wondering if, if you block at the last minute, does it give it more opportunity instead of you holding block? Like if it's a, if it's if it's like in the old school days when you blocked at the right time, it caused a better opening. No, it does. It does. So when you when you hit it, you want to wait to the last second to pick it up, but there's a small window, and if you miss it, they just keep hitting you, right? And right. It's un right. It's but timing, if, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you block it, it hits, and then they slow down, and then you can do your, your combos, what you're supposed to do. But that's right. just it. You can never attack. You have to be defense always, block, and then attack. Okay, so watch this shot. I thought this shot was really cool. Okay, so I come across this bridge. There's three guys on it, and the camera's on this boat. Okay, and the boat is just rocking up and down. And you can see when I kill the guys, they fall off the bridge and there's bodies just floating in the water coming towards you. I was like, this is really fucking cool, man. The way they have it's it's done very well to visually. Right? It's a cool, it's a cool little shot, right? And the camera's on the boat. You can see the boat bouncing up and down with the camera. It's got this little movement to it. Okay. Interesting. And you see it, and there's beautiful shots like this throughout the right. There's another, there's another shot where um, it's, it's later on. Let me see if I can, if I can find it where it's that, it's that original, like, you know, the paper that you're, uh, uh, the, the shades you're like fighting and it's like shadows casted and you come out and you're fighting people and then you come out and you're fighting people and then you go behind the shades again. I'm just like, wow, this is really neat, man. Like they've done just a really, really good job, uh, visually. This is a 10 out of 10 visually, 10 out of 10 visually. And the combat really just brings it down for me. I'm trying to find that the other shot. But there's beautiful shots throughout this whole game. So check it out. It's uh, Trek to Yumi. Trek to Yumi is uh, what the game is called. But it really is. It's a beautiful game. It's, if you like, the, if you like a, a samurai game, this is no Ghost of Tsushima. Okay, no, but, but it's an introduction. It's an introduction it's, to it's that. A re I want to play Ghost of Tsushima now. I never played it. And now, because I played this, I want to go play Ghost of Tsushima. So check it out if you guys uh, like that type of stuff. Which which one is it that's on Xbox? One's only on PlayStation, right? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is on PlayStation only. Right, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. The other one's Sekiro, right? Yes, Sekiro. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Sekiro is I think on all platforms. Yeah, it's it's on Xbox. I'm trying to figure out visual. So that's what we, uh, we've been playing. Uh, again, go check it out. It's on Game Pass. And if you don't have Game Pass, I believe it's a $40 title. Um, I think it's a $40 title. All right. So let's get to top stories.
All right. First story, Sarge. Uh, we have a... Uh, let me read the first thing I got first. And I just got this other story second, like just recently, okay? We have a canceled Star Wars Battlefront 3 image appears online, okay? Now, when I, first, when I first saw this title, Sarge, I was like, I knew it! I was like, I knew they were working on it, and they, they just fucking canceled it, right? But that's not, that's not what it is, right? So, it says, one online user claims to have the only known PSP copy of Star Wars Battlefront 3 playtest build, which was canceled back in 2008. Now, this is the original Battlefront 3, not the EA Battlefront 3. This is the ragtag, I believe. Or no, uh, pan was it Pandemic? Or, I think is is who did it. Or no, uh, Radical. What was that? That I know their I know their logo was a was a gas mask. I can't remember the actual studio's name. Radical, Free Radical, Free Radical. That's what it was. Okay. So Star Wars Battlefront Three is is a curse title. One of the many fans have hoped uh, for for a while. Okay. When I saw this, it said in 2016 rumors emerged that Battlefront Three was in development at Free Free Radical Design, and those rumors were eventually proven true. Come in 2008, however, the developer had lost the right to develop the game. Years later, Free Radical Design and co-founder Steve Ellis would say that the game was was near completion. When it was canceled in 2008, some screenshot footage and renders of this game would eventually make its way online, but nothing was too much substantial uh, of substance. Sorry. Now, and Redditor claims that PSP copy is uh, is canceled Star Wars Battlefront 3 game. Now, he has a bunch of links here. Let me see if I can click on one to... Yeah, he's got the disc. He's got the... Uh... Yeah, he's he's playing on the PSP Battlefront Three. Um, got another one here. Yeah, so he's got the so it, it is on the actual thing now. Obviously, he, he could be like, well, I you know he could maybe he knows he's and maybe you he's a coder. <laughs> you can but, make all that right. You can, but we do know it existed, right? We do know it existed. We do. Yes, we do. Now. There, a story that just broke three hours ago was a newly discovered Battlefront 3 test build turns out to be an entirely different Star Wars game. Okay, This is similar to the droid you're looking for, at least. Okay, It says the new build canceled sequel to Star Wars Battlefront 3 appears to have surfaced online, but it looks like a whole lot like the early version of Star Wars Battlefront Elite Squadron, a spinoff that actually was released on Portable System in 2009. Now, LucasArts was the client and relative in the, uh, and my his fiance back in the day and got to the play test a lot of games and one which was star wars battlefront 3 now the reddit user miss fitpit says that the post in the main gaming subreddit once all the assets were being gathered up and sent back to skywalker ranch one play test cartridge for psp version got left behind uh him being young he didn't think of much of it and took it home tested it out uh, the poster's uh, fiance ran across the copy of the game recently, and a couple of became kind of curious of what it could be worth, leading to the Reddit post, and the post immediately blew up as fans eager to learn more about the long-lost Star Wars game sought out information. Now, a few screenshots were provided later in which uh, looked more or less identical to the opening screens of the PSP version of Star Wars Battlefront Elite Squadron. The only difference is that the version featured a Battlefront 3 logo. Uh, Battlefront 3 was in development for Free Radical Design, the studio behind Time Splinters and Hayes, uh, and LucasArts canceled its contract with Free Radical in 2008, and the studio went bankrupt later that year, and though it was soon uh, bought out by uh, Crytek. So, uh, insist that the Reddit that the timeline the fiancé getting the development build uh, would have put it before Battlefront 3 was canceled and before those assets were passed on to Rebel. 
but the fan research and the Free Radical Archive wiki says that the PSV version of Battlefront 3 was indeed directly rebranded as Elite Squadron and records a developer interview. So there you go. It's not actually Battlefront 3. It was Battlefront 3, but they changed it before it launched and they made a PSP version of Battlefront on the PSP. So there you go. So I was going to talk about a story about Battlefront 3, but then a story broke about the Battlefront 3 to tell you about the Battlefront 3. It wasn't actually Battlefront 3, but it was Battlefront Elite Squadron. Now, we do know, based on EA's statement way back in 2015, or 2016, I'm sorry, because they came out with Battlefront 1, the, re the reboot. Then they came out with the uh, Battlefield. Then they came out with Battlefront 2 in 2017. And 2016, 2017, right when the new Star Wars were coming out, we knew we were getting a Star Wars and then a Battlefield. Star Wars and a Battlefield. But then Last Jedi happened, and that all changed. It all changed dramatically, where Battlefront 3 was supposed to be in development from DICE Studios, and they just completely just scrapped it uh, 100%. And there was another Battlefront 3 uh, that was supposed to come out years ago, which is they, what they thought they had here, but that's not the case, right? So... That was the, uh, what, do you, what do you think, Sarge? Do you think that they, do you think there's someone with all these IPs of Star Wars coming out, do you think someone is making a Battlefront 3 or a game like Battlefront? Because they can't probably use the Battlefront name. <clears throat> well, here, here's the deal. So because of all the backlash from all the, the Star Wars craziness and people hating it and the whole last trilogy blowing up everyone's face, I, I, I do believe, I do believe because EA's thing's about to run out, I do believe other studios are in the midst of making multiple Star Wars games. And then we're just, they're just waiting for the right moment to be like, okay, we're going to try to do Star Wars again. Like enough, enough time has passed, right? Well, the air cleared and now we're going to try it. Now my, here, here would be my idea. Well, we know eight official Star Wars games are coming out in the next like two to five years. No, no I know, but they're, they're going to wait. So if, if anyone played, um, I'm not sure if it was Shadow of the Empire. It was on the N64. I'm not sure which version of it was. It was Shadow of the Empire. It was the one where, you, as you progress through the game, you would pick the you, you got to pick the more advanced ships. I I, I want the the end battle was the World Devastators. What which one was that? Was that Shadow of the Empire? Are you talking about? I, the... I can't I, I can't remember the Star Wars game that was on N64. I'm trying to remember. So my point is this. Wait, let me look it up. If if they did if they did an updated version or like the sequel version of like a game like that, but opened it up and made it more of a cross cross gen game, like more of a how do I say this correctly? So instead of it just being like you're on a mission, you're in a ship, kill the guys, do the mission, like X Wing versus Tie Fighter, like that, like that. This is what you're talking about, Sarge? Let me see. Let me see. Um, trying to think. I don't know if there was this one. I think it was. I think it was a different one. Okay. Point being is this. Point being is this. <clears throat> that if you were to make a Star Wars game where it was kind of like Mass Effect template, right? Right. You're a guy. You walk around. You interact with other people. Right, you're on a mission, and 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 the the camaraderie between the people open up, and you pick it's it's a linear story up to a point, and then you decide which guy you want to be and which part of the story you want to continue with. So it's almost like that you can pick the companion to continue the story, 
Like imagine, imagine if you were to play the Star Wars game, but you played it as Wedge up until the point of New Hope, the end battle, right? And at that point, you're in the hangar and your and your 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 other guys, Luke, uh, Biggs, everybody else there. And right. now at that moment, you pick one of the pilots, right? You pick one of the guys, and now you live the battle through his eyes. You're playing the battle and see what you could do differently. Like, imagine if that it was like that kind of thing where like you could be Porkins and not die, right? Or you could be Biggs and like do something different than just sit there and take a shot in the ass and die. Like they put you in scenarios, but they like lead the story into it. So you know what happened to those people. I think that would be interesting, right? It it would be on the same kind of level as Squadrons was, except it'd have a little bit more depth to the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much potential for so many Star Wars games. Last week, we talked about the Mandalorian MMO that could possibly be coming out, right? Like, I, I, I think you're right, though. They need to make a game like Mass Effect. They need to make a game... Um, yeah, you Mass Effect... You, you, you need to let the universe speak for itself. It doesn't have to be an immediate combat thing all the time. But the combat should be the crescendo to whatever it is you're <laughs> leading towards, right? They, like, listen... For years, you played Star Wars games as a kid, right? For years, yeah, they made right? crap. The Star, they had they had the three games on Nintendo eight bit, right? Then they had the three Super NES games, yeah. right? And all the while, you you would play kind of sort of the battles, the Return of the Jedi battle, the Hoth battle, but it was like right. chintzy, arcadey type. It's a game, right? The first time you were able to play as the Snowspeeder and do the at at walk in Battlefront, yeah. And Battlefront, yeah, with your friends in the back, yeah. and you could actually do the battle. That's a quintessential moment in a Star Wars movie, yeah. Right? I'm in the snowspeeder with my buddy, and we're trying to take out Walker. Like, how do you deviate and go worse than that? Like, you reach these pinnacle moments in a video game, and then you actually get to put yourself in that spot. Like, that's what everybody wants. So, why is it they 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 always they like like I'm right almost there and then just stop like i'm gonna give you the whole and then I just stop like how do you guys not do this like the crescendo of that is i'm a pilot in the return of the jedi battle right like like that's where i was that's where i should be next like i'm, I'm a pilot in the return of the jedi now i got to do that in an x-wing versus tie fighter game which was done by uh fans who did their own program and then put their own battle in there. And then years later, they actually put the return of the Jedi battle yeah. in there, yeah. the actual real way. And like, you were the millennium Falcon. And I'm like, okay, now this is what I'm talking about. But it was done back then in that kind of engine. I'm talking about redoing that kind of thing in today's engines, right? It would be amazing to be like, for instance, like, let's say, let's say the room fills up. Let's say it's, a 10 person thing or 12 person thing, right? Doesn't have to be uh, uh, 50 versus 50, right? You and your buddies just get on, right? And you go through all the battles of like all the stories of all the books that's ever been written for Star Wars. Like, we're going to do the Battle of Tenev, or we're going to do the, the Return of the Jedi, the Battle for Endor, or like whatever, whichever version it is. And you and your buddies pick the ships and you go in there and you're just hanging out. You put headsets on and you, you guys are just doing the battles with each other, right? Right. <laughs> Where? Where is this? Yeah, I, I, I would love... It's not difficult. If, if I can hang out in a Battlefield game and we can be flying around in tanks and planes and doing that for the last decade, right? Where's that version 
with Star Wars. Look, I, I said I said this years ago. I said if if Star Wars came out like the Destiny or a Transformers game came out like Destiny, that would be my game, right? Like Destiny, just as is. If it was theme, thematic Star Wars, that would be the game I play. That would be the game I'm still playing to this day, even with all the problems that Destiny has. Just put Star Wars there where I'm walking around Tatooine, going to Coruscant, going to different things, going inside a different... You know what I mean? That's the game I'm waiting for for a Star Wars game to come out. If they could make... That's when I'll start liking live service games again. Okay, if they if they can take a Transformers game or a Star Wars game, I'll be like, okay, I'm in. I'll play it. With the technology that they have now and the starvation they have for doing games correctly, like everybody has the same, it's a great game, it comes out, it sucks, we gotta wait a year. It's a great game, it comes out, it needs to be patched for day one patch, it still sucks, we gotta wait six months. Like, where's just the game? Right. Like, where's just the game that works? I buy the game, it works, day one, I'm playing with my friends. That's the whole point of playing those kind of games. Like, you're all together. You're hanging out, talking shit to each other, right? And then maybe if you get serious about it, then you're really talking to each other for real. You're like, okay, cover me, I'm going to go do this. Or cover me, I'm going to do that. Like, have missions. Have things to do in the game. Like, just like I talked about with Battlefield. Like, have missions in the game for your squad, right? The squad would be like, your job is to blow up the refinery. You got 10 minutes. Go blow it up. Right. The other team gets a thing that says, defend the refinery. You got 10 minutes. God. Hurry up. I'm just like, right? how much How much more fucking... You, everybody's involved, right? You know, You'd be a... I, I don't get it, man. I, I take I it back. It. I take it back. I'll take a No Man's Sky in Star Wars. Just Star Wars. Just take No Man's Sky, make Star Wars. see what they can do. Look, listen, I, I see all these games, what they can do. All the ones that actually work properly and are done correctly, Ghost of Tsushima, right? No Man's Sky. Right. Like, if you put those kind of assets together and mix and match and you understand what they can do in games right now, like, I don't give a shit about your MTX or your NFTs. I'm talking about what they can right. do for stories and gaming right now. It's amazing what they can do, but they're too busy trying to work in the next thing inside the code instead of it just being, that's uh, what we're going to play the game for fun. Right. Well, we'll, we'll bring up a story more about the, the games that they're making. Uh, one of the next stories I want to bring up is that I brought up last night, if you guys were watching uh, our live uh talk where people call in our for our marvel show the endgame podcast uh gritter was on and gritter is a he likes going to the theaters right and i know a lot of people like going to theaters and i was like one of the stories was that uh miss marvel the new television show in pakistan is going to come out in theaters right so they're going to be playing two episodes one and two and then three and four and then five and six in the theaters and i asked him i said hey would you watch like a disney plus show in the theaters, would you go to the theaters to watch this stuff? And he said, yeah, I would. If they, if they made it like an, um, Fathom event, you know, that they have at the theaters, you know, the little things they do every once in a while. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that Jeff Keighley tweeted out, Jeff Keighley tweeted out that IMAX is teaming up with Summer Game Fest on June 9th and the Game Awards in December. And Keighley is working with IMAX because IMAX theaters on June 9th and when the award show comes out is going to have this event in theaters where you can go to the theater. You'll pay a fee to watch whatever, but you'll watch the, the actual summer game fest on the big screen in IMAX and you'll watch the game award show on IMAX. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, why would I do that? But then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, that's actually pretty cool because Back in the day, you would go to the actual conventions of E3 or any other convention, right? And you would bond with people that like to go to these things where you would 
you know that everyone that's there likes video games. You know that everyone there is a nerd, right? And everyone has something in common because they like the games or they like the stuff. So it's a very interesting thing that Keeley's doing where he's putting it in IMAX theaters. I don't think it'll sell out, but I do think there'll be people that go and make it an event where during they'll talk about, hey, oh, that looks game looks great. And they, and they have this conversation while the while the event's going on. And then afterwards they can hang out or whatever and still continue talking. It's like a mini convention happening just for that one day, one day only type of thing. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about it, Sarge, as, as far as what, what Jeff Keighley's doing? Because E3's canceled again, right? E3's canceled, and Keighley's like, look, so what? I'm, I'm, so I'm what? still going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see why they wouldn't do this. I think that they're trying to get people to go back to the theaters. I think they're trying to get people to be interested in going back, so they need reasons to do it. Yeah. So whether it's this multi-episode thing in theaters or it's some other thing where – Maybe they only show it in the theater, period. Like maybe they maybe they release something they're only gonna be shown in the theater. It's not gonna be coming out at all. Like they, they listen, if you make a movie, you can decide how, where, where it releases how you want, right? You, you you don't have to release it in the theater and then say, oh, oh, in three months it'll be on it'll be on HBO. Don't worry. Right. Like they could just say it's going to the theater, that's it. Like, so if you if you really want to see it, you're gonna go. Right. Like you have to find some reason to encourage people to go back to the theater. I mean, because right. otherwise, it's a dead media. It's dead media. Real quick, uh, <clears throat> let's go I to I think chat. it's a good idea. Let's go to chat here. It says, uh, <clears throat> money talks and just for food and drinks, Viking says. Hey, what's going on, Scoob? I remember you. Uh, nowadays, it may sell out, though. Gaming has turned into a very real thing for gamers as a whole. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now I can sit in the theater and be bored <laughs> to them and not showing them the game and just talking about it, right? Well, you, you know what I mean, though, Krebsy? Let's be honest, right? If if we lived in the same city, Krebsy, wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to go shit talk and crap talk about these video games that are not coming out together in a theater? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? While I'm drinking a beer, we can sit and just bullshit. I mean, obviously, we could do that here, too, right? But what I'm saying is, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something there where you could go back to the theaters I would almost picture this. How about this, right? I kind of like what they're doing with the with the Miss Marvel thing, with episodes one and two. What about if you couldn't binge watch anything on Netflix, right? But if you wanted to binge watch it, you would have to go to the event that there was at a theater where it was the entire series all that day. And uh, Zhang and, uh, last night was talking about this. The Alamo Draft House does certain things like this in Texas. I know it's, there are other, other states too. But he said that they showed all the Marvel all the Marvel movies leading up to Endgame when Endgame was coming out. And you could watch all day long. You could go and watch all the Marvel movies leading up to Endgame and then watch Endgame, right? I think stuff like that would 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 bring people back. If you could binge watch certain certain things, right? Like the next uh like for instance, uh Multiverse of Madness is com- is out, right? Coming out. They could have led up to Maybe watching Doctor Strange 1, then WandaVision, then Loki, and then all of a sudden Doctor Strange 2 at the end of that. You know what I mean? Type of, type of thing like that. I don't know. I, you, know you know me, guys. You've got to have something. You've right. got to have something. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of theaters. The movie, theaters movie theaters have been decimated. Completely and totally decimated. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, want, I want movie theaters to come back. And I think little things like this might be the thing they need. Now, obviously, 
uh, Game Fest is not going to bring in like tens of billions of dollars for that one day, but it, no. it, might, it might pick up year after year and, and and get something to go in for that for that event. No, but what you but what you want is listen. If you could do a limited edition on a damn game, where if you don't order the game, if you don't pre-order the game, you're not going to get this little help. You're not going to get this little hat. Right. You're not going to get this. If you could do that for video games at home, do the same thing for movies in the theater. If you want to see the movie the way it's going to be, you got to go to the theater and watch it. It's going to be the extended version, the director's cut, whatever version, and that's where it's going to be. We're not giving – it's not going to your HBO. It's not going to Netflix. It's not going anywhere. Right. It might go to Netflix in two years when we right. let it go to Netflix. Right. So you have to go to watch it then. They could do the same thing. You just got to yeah, encourage. Yeah. We call it encouragement. I think I think it's a smart move. I said when Keeley did it a couple of years ago when he started doing his he he left E three and, and did the summer fest. I said he's going to show them. Go. Right, he, he's going to show them how it's done, and so much yep. so that E three is canceling. He's like, you know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to. I'm not. Not only am I going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to put it in IMAX theaters, and uh, and people are going to watch it. And they're going to go to the theater and watch it. Right. So I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. All right. The next story I want to talk about. This is a weird one. Okay. I'm gonna, we're we're going to talk about this one. It's called. It's called everywhere. Right, it's called everywhere. GTA creators releasing a a rival open world game. Okay, this person used to work rival, rival, yeah, rival okay. open Go world. Ahead. It says one of the creators of Grand Theft Auto, uh, <clears throat> Lindsay Benzi, uh, Benzi uh, is releasing a rival open world game, which promises to be an absolute game changer. Where have we heard this before? Okay, the new video game every, will be every month for be, the last five years. Right, be titled everywhere. And up until now, we didn't know anything massive deal about it until the first tease back in 2017. Now, however, the company is responsible for the new game, Build the company is called Build a Rocket Boy, has released some up-to-date details on why gamers might be uh in for a treat. Now, everywhere is being described as a real-life ready player one, a reference to a book and a movie where characters can jump in sprawling digital world. And be and do pretty much anything they want. Okay, it's called Everywhere. Now, as a report of Video Game Chronicle, a new investor document didn't mention Everywhere by name, but it did describe a project that sounded very much like a Build a Rocket Boy was working on. The report calls the game as an open world AAA game with multiple experiences, incorporating a multiple chapter epic narrative, user generated content through virtual sandbox, and where players can create their own worlds and deep social and streaming integration. It's being claimed that Everywhere will feature a unique multiplayer experience. Additionally, there will be a Roblox-style feature for players to create their own worlds reportedly Daily Star reports. Now, Not to mention a multi-chapter epic narrative, which also on the cards, along with the load user-generated content. Now, the creator has worked on Grand Theft Auto 3, 4, 5, and Online and Red Dead Redemption. And back in 2020, he claimed that the game would, unlikely anything, uh, unlike anything we've ever seen before, worked on before, uh, he said that uh, we we're fortunate to have a great partnership and share our vision and have invested the studios and able to bring everywhere to life. Now, we don't actually have what it looks like, but he says we are also very excited to, sh to show how the current trends in video game industry, as well as creatively passionate global gaming audience are further aligning with our vision for everywhere. Over the past four years, we have been able to build great team and build a ro at Rocket Boy and develop the game has progressed very well. Uh, the engine tech advances over the last two years, and the Epic Game Roadmap, Epic Games Roadmap, provides us a great opportunity to create a game built on the foundation that will remain the forefront of the industry for years to come. Now, obviously, that means they're working with the Unreal Engine, right? Although the setting of the game is yet to be revealed, and on the game's official website, the cryptic text reads: "In the near future, technology has brought humanity to the pro uh, 
precipice, precipice of world shifting change. Now, question for you, Sarge: Do we see, do we hear, or see everywhere anytime soon? Started in 2017. Do we see something this year at Keeley Fest, or are we seeing nothing until like another year or two? Okay, let's. I'm going to make sense, but I'm going to start slow, okay? We've been watching the same shit year after year. Half-assed games, crappy games, not ready, bugged, below MTX, just trash. Meanwhile, as that's been going on, when the game releases and fails, or the game releases and they have problems, you keep hearing about all the people that leave. They, fought, they, they, they get fired, or they walk out, or they just quit, or whatever, whatever the reason is, those people move on to something else. And over the last five, six years, those groups of people have been getting together, right? And they've been trying to work on games the way games were meant to be worked on, which is whatever the current engine is to work with and whatever style of art that's been hot at the moment that they're trying to put together, these guys are putting the pieces together. So rather than trying to build a game based on how many hours I can get you to play it and how much money I can suck out of you every month. These guys are using whatever is available currently to make the best possible game right now. Now, I look at this and say one word, ambitious. Right. That's all I can say because these kind of words coming from these kind of people. I think Star Citizen. Were were done in the past. I think Cyberpunk. but they were done in the past, but they were done correctly, right? They spoke about a game, and the game actually was what they were speaking about. These guys are talking the same way. However, based on current knowledge and what we know to be true, I cannot look at that as face value as of yet. I will wait, right? I like how he's talking. I like that he's saying bold face. It's a GTA rival. Right, which o- is open world which, rival, open world, which yeah. says a lot. If you're gonna, if if you are gonna go in into the face of Rockstar and say this is something that's gonna go against you, right? My first thing is fantastic competition, fantastic. Because remember, the competition for GTA was like uh, Saints Row, and that was way comedical and no, not innovative. It was just a fun game to play. But if these guys are talking about going toe-to-toe with Rockstar, I'm interested. You have my ear, sir, right? I want to see something done on the lines of they don't pay attention to the rest of the, the, rest of the, the industry. They're doing their own thing. They know what they're doing. They can do it well. And when it's ready, you show me. Right when it's ready, you show me, and then blow the doors off the fucking place. Amazing, blow the doors up. I I would love to see that moment again, where a game company comes in and says, "Hey, got this game for you." Right? It mixes this, this, and this. I know what you're thinking. Boom, here it is. Like that kind of moment. That's what I'm waiting for. Right? Because I know it exists. I know the talent is there. I've seen the games. I've seen what can be done. I hope that this guy is telling the truth. I hope this is a GTA uh, rival. 100% hope. 100%. Make me believe that GTA is just not rotting in a corner somewhere waiting 
because everybody else is waiting for them. Have somebody else say, hey, we got something just like yours, except better. Like, that's the kind of talk you need in gaming. You need to shit talk other developers into making a better game than you. Not everybody's making the same game, right? That's right. how it used to be, right? Call of Duty used to come out with a game. Battlefield tried to beat them. And Call of Duty tried to beat Battlefield. Now they're all doing the same shit. And they all suck. Like, they don't care. Like, that's, that's where we are. I can't wait. Right? I'm hoping there's something at Keeley Fest with that. I hope they say coming I mean, to earth, coming to earth right. everywhere. I, I would, I like, would like to see, just see it. Uh, it doesn't have to come out anytime soon. No, no I would like just, to just see it. You know, see what, what they're, what the ambitiousness is I, set up on paper. I would like to see I, what it is. I like to drop the mic moment. I like to say, people, you don't say shit, you don't show shit, and then when you show shit, you say, "This is it coming out three weeks or coming out in two months." Done. Like right. that's what you need. Well. Well, speaking of showing stuff at the at the uh, the next June twelfth, Xbox announced that they are doing their their presentation. What they would have done at E three or whatever, they're coming out because no one needs E three anymore, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't. So they're having Xbox and Bethesda game showcase will be as long as the E three show. Okay, so what they're going to show there, obviously, we know Bethesda in the past has always been. Whatever they show at the at the summer event, it usually comes within the within the six months after it comes. So by the end of the year, they usually announce that this is the stuff that's coming out. So obviously, we know Starfield's coming out <clears throat> at the end of this uh, at the end of this year. So, Do we? Yeah. We, well, it's got a, it's got a date. We don't know if it's official until it's official, but right. they have they have it. So one of the one of the uh, the people that worked on it. Okay, Starfield leaks shared by ex Bethesda dev. Game is looking good and has a lot of content. Manual flight is in, you know, and he says, okay. So he says, in a post, uh, inevitably sparked a series of questions from other reset era users, which promoted a huge response from Heavy 008. According to the character artist, Starfield is looking better and better, especially in the lighting, uh, even though it looks uh, like a good. Even though it won't look as good as Horizon Forbidden West, he says, didn't really like the engine, though he's clarified that he meant from the developer's uh, usability standpoint. He also said that there's a ton of content in Starfield, even too much, that they, they shared some opinions on shooting and flying, too, describing the former of All Right and the latter as a terrible, even though others may love it. He's talking about the, the flyings might not be as, as good. He said it was really cool, solid place to work, very secure. The engine is a piece, the engine is a piece of crap, though. Todd is a charismatic guy for sure. Starfield is looking good. Weekly Thursday play test since the beginning of the year. More and more stuff coming online. Shooting feels all right. Flying is terrible at the moment, in my opinion. Not just fun to me. Uh, lighting and stuff is looking better and better, though. And it's not the level of Horizon Forbidden West or anything like that. But still good looking game. In terms of... Hold on. Hold on. In terms of will the ship on time, they will... Uh, will they? Will they try? That's for sure. And they'll cut what they did, etc. And they have an overabundance of content, probably too much, so that not the issue. Finding the fun, of course, bug fixing is the big thing. It's a sexy, it's it's a sexy date though, and you only get one of those beta uh, is in the summer when the picture will truly become clear. Now, the reason I'm only reading that part and that part only is that the event is June 12th. Bethesda is going to announce, and there's going to be a beta. I'm assuming the beta will come around July or August. 
because it comes out in November. So they want it enough far away where if they get the feedback of the people to then fix what is broke, right? Because let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest. Bethesda's games are not the best when they come out in the, in the past, okay? So what was your question, Sarge, as I was reading that? How, how do you straight face say that on paper? Well, this or is on, a dev that, 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 not, that not you, not you, not you. The way he says it, though, it's like, like he compares it to Horizon Zero West. Like Horizon Zero West already beats this graphically. Like, what are you trying to say? I, well, he's a, he's a guy who's leaking the information. He, he worked like, the I get company it. and, and I get then it. left. I get it. Viking get says it. trash fire incoming, right? You know what I mean? Like you listen. The game has been the game has been on the burner for so long, right? You're gonna have the people who are hyped no matter what Bethesda shows you in June. It doesn't matter what they show you; they're gonna come in their pants. Okay, it doesn't right. matter what they show. They've been waiting for so long; it doesn't matter. They're starving. Okay, but if you're telling me that the graphics are good, but they're not as good as Horizon Zero, uh, uh, Forbidden West, like I'm already questioning everything. Are you like? You guys have been working on it for how long? All I keep all I keep seeing now is a massive 76. That's all I keep seeing well, now in my head. The, 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 okay, I brought this up on my earlier streams. And the reason I'm bringing it up again, so people that heard me say this yesterday or this morning, uh, it's going to be a repeat for you. But for other people coming in on the, on the, on the stream, uh, watching this after the fact, um, I said that, look, since Bethesda got bought out by Microsoft, this was a single-player game regardless. And, and, and before they bought them out, it was on all platforms, okay? But now that it's a Microsoft IP, okay, and it's going to be exclusive on Game Pass when it comes out day one, okay? What is the business model here for Bethesda? Now, hold on a second, right? Todd Howard in the past has said the biggest mistake they ever made was that Skyrim couldn't be monetized right when that's because not a mistake that's beautiful well, no i understand that but that's their mistake because the game's been out for so long and people are still playing it and they can't it's an amazing game and they can't monetize that anymore right who so you sold the game so what Four times what i think is going to happen here okay what i think is going to happen here i said earlier i said i think they're going to come out with the single player aspect of this okay but reading what this guy just said all of it might not be released at time. It'll, it'll be like a cyberpunk, you know, in, in segments releasing it. So it'll be like a live service type of thing there to make you come back to play it. But that's not that's not going to get them value, right? That's just getting people to come back and check it out when they add new stuff. I feel like Fallout 76 was a test. Absolutely. Okay. We talked about that already. It's 100%. It's, it's a, it's a minuscule MMO, right? And, um, Milky, we were talking about the other day, and he came up with it. It's an SMO, okay? It's a small multiplayer online experience, right? It's because it's like 32 people on a server for Fallout 76 or 16 on the console, whatever it is, right? So Starfield comes out like Grand Theft Auto, like Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5, and then I'm going to call it Starfield 76, just so people know, right? It's, it's the online version. And, and again, this is just me speaking. I don't know if there's any actual data of this. This is just me speculation of what I believe they're going to do in the future because it's a first-party title. It's a single-player game. How are they going to monetize this? Because we do know that 
Bethesda works one way and one way only. And they're not going to all of a sudden just change direction to go completely different direction. They're going to stay on track of what they're doing. Games that make a shit ton of money for them right now is Elder Scrolls Online. Games that make a shit ton of money for them right now is Fallout 76. Regardless if you like it or not, it's, a, it's got a good fan base, base. right? And they, they spend money all the time on season passes and cosmetics and the store and, and, and whatnot. And I believe that Starfield 76, their online version, whatever it does come out, is going to be a thing. Because if it is on Game Pass, they have to make money, right? Todd is not going to make the same mistake twice because if Starfield comes out and let's just say it is like Skyrim in space, okay, it's going to be a phenomenal game and people are going to mod it and play it for years to come, all right? And but they're going <clears> to, <throat> right, right? I, I guarantee you people are going to modify it where it's going to look like Star Trek and Star Wars and all these other things and they're going to make it look beautiful more than it is when it comes out. So I believe they're going to make an online version, which is free. It's just on top. Because look at look at Halo. Halo, the game, is on Game Pass. You can buy Halo, but the multiplayer is free on top of that, okay? Forza Horizon is a paid game, and there's also multiplayer modes where you can play, you know, on top of that. This just seems like a fit, where Starfield's going to come out, it's going to be 100% single player, and then there's going to be an online where you can play with your buddy, do a Fallout 76, pay for private servers, explore... And then it's going to be, who knows, maybe like a, uh, a No Man's Sky or like a Star Citizen type of thing. What, what do you think, Sarge? There's so much I'm thinking about. My head's about to explode, right? You have to look at this from their perspective. If originally, before the buyout, they were going to release Starfield and Starfield was going to be released to everybody, everybody, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, everybody. Then after the buyout, we were told briefly that it might go only for Xbox. And everyone started complaining and saying what they want. We all knew that that might, been a, that might be an actual option. But to see the option as fact, and now you are eliminating all the PlayStation people and you have PC and Xbox. If you think for one moment that this game is first party and goes on to Game Pass and they are not going to microtransaction the hell out of this game in order to make up for the fact that they're only releasing on half the people, you are dreaming, right? Skyrim was the crown jewel and the culmination of that kind of action RPG style at that time, right? And that's why they're mad. That's why they're mad about it. They're mad about it because it was that good and they couldn't monetize it because the monetization happened a little after that. And so they're crying about spilt milk. Right. They're crying about something that happened five years prior. They're still mad about it, right? Think about that for a moment. You're, you sold a game four times, and you're mad that you couldn't microtransaction the hell out of it still today? You're still mad about it? And you think Starfield's coming out like a new car smell? Right. You're out of your mind. <laughs> you're out of your mind. Like, I, listen, I want to love this unconditionally. Like, like a child I don't have. Like, I want to love it. I want to love this game unconditionally. But I know. Where this road leads, I, I will wait just like everybody else, right? But once again, I will not be surprised by anything I see with this game. Good, bad, or indifferent, there will be no surprise to me at all. I, I, my head hurts thinking about it. 
think it just think about that for a moment. They're still mad. They're still mad they're talking about. They have sold Skyrim four times. And they're still mad that they couldn't do to Skyrim what they'd done to everything else. That says everything right. to me. Everything. I, I I don't know. I think so obviously it, right, it's, George. It, it's on it's on right. Game Pass, right? It's on Game Pass. So they lost money, George. You're absolutely correct. They lost money. It's on Game Pass, Sarge. So you're not you're not going to be spending well, money. It won't it won't make or break me, right? Right. It'll just be on Game Pass. How exciting is it for a game where you don't even care whether or not you're on you're online day one? That's there. I'll get to it eventually. Right. You know, I I don't know. I I I'm not really excited about it because I know nothing about the game itself. But right, nothing. Nothing. We know nothing. Imagine imagine a game coming out in November and nobody's told you anything. Like nothing. Not like how it goes about. Are you is it first person? Is it third person? Is it resource gathering? Like just anything. Like say say like the, say like the uh, the preface of like a book. Like this is what the story is about. Like nothing. We know nothing. But apparently in June we're gonna know something. Apparently, we're gonna see. Yeah, we're gonna see. Um. I don't know. Overall, I think what what else do you think they're going to uh, introduce? I should say at X. What what big announcements do you think Xbox is going to announce at E three? Now, this I want this will lead proud. into a different story as well. Uh, uh, on top of this, what what do you think they're going to announce? Do you think Xbox is going to announce any other acquisitions? Do you think they're going to, uh, you know, announce want, some bigger I want, things? I want to I want to take Reese's little statement here, right? Reese, you. If it if it was Bethesda by themselves, you are a hundred percent correct. But now it's Bethesda as part of Microsoft. Get in the back of the car, kids. Right. Like it doesn't matter. That that's that's what makes me worried worse than it was before. Like you're a hundred percent correct. If Bethesda was coming out with this game and no, it was they're on their own, right? Hundred percent, Reese. But they're in the back of the they're in the back of the bus with everybody else now. Doesn't matter. That's that's the part that bothers me. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I think. Um, let me read into this story a little bit here. Right, we're going into the next. Uh, there's been a lot of buyouts recently, right? So we have Embracer Group that is, um, that bought up Crystal Dynamics and Edios Montreal. But I don't want to talk about that yet. I, I want to stick with, I want to stick with Xbox. Okay, so there's one story of. That Ubisoft themselves, okay, the CEO has reportedly trying to stop Ubisoft buyout attempts, okay? So, around two weeks ago, reports emerged that there were multiple private equity firms interested in acquiring Ubisoft. Ubisoft was described at the time as not having entered serious negotiations with the firms, nor if it takes takeover plans to particularly seriously in the first place. However, a new report indicates that Ubisoft and the CEO are very much taking the report seriously. Uh, so much so that now he said he's considering partnering with a private equity in order to f uh, fully acquire Ubisoft uh, for his family. Like he's going to take it underneath his family itself. Now, the report comes from Daily Report or Deal Reporter, which explains that Gil Gilmoto family uh, tentative plan is to stave, stave off the uh, takeover by partnering with a private equity firm itself. The name of the private equity firm 
that is Gelomoto's family would partner with is not mentioned. However, it explains that the effort would be done so that the Gilmoto family could ensure to retain control of Ubisoft going forward. As of right now, the family currently holds nearly 16% of Ubisoft shares and the most of any single partner or party and low percentage of shares has made Ubisoft vulnerable to hostile takeovers in the past. Now, the decision to partner with the private equity backer would reinforce the Gilmoto's family ability to, to counter takeover attempts, if not secure immediate control over the company. This was uh, was said and be having to describe his family effort to maintain the region of Ubisoft. So he's trying to stop the buyout. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I should say, that both of us, I think, both said Ubisoft. You said Ubisoft for sure on the, on the stream that they were going to be bought out. This guy is trying to stop it from happening because so he's trying to get a private investor. Right. Do you think he's on the phone with like Elon Musk? He's trying to call Elon up going, hey, look, you just spent forty two billion dollars. I just need a I just need like a cool two hundred mil. Right. You could be a private investor. Do you think he's calling Elon up, Sarge? What do you what do you think's happening with Ubisoft here? Well, look at it from you have to look at it from their point of view, right? Remember what the CEO said, like it was six months ago, almost a year now. He was like, We're totally revamping what we're gonna do. We're right. reevaluating re how the company works. NFTs like baby. all the all, all this thing they kept talking about, like how they wanted to change everything, but they but they kept saying in the background, we want everything to be live service. Everything. Like all their eggs in one basket. We want to be able to sell people stuff all the time. We want this open world game to go on forever. We want we want Assassin's Creed online forever. Like that's what they kept talking about. And like everyone was like, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Like, and as he's saying this, remember this, as he's saying this, multiple lawsuits are going on for harassment by him particularly and the other people around him, right? Labor problems, harassment problems, NFT, microtransaction problems. And so, of course, they're weak now because he's looking for money because he wants to do by the books. He wants to say, listen, if we do, if we do what, what I plan, right? We're going to have these games come out. These are the numbers that we're going to hit because it's been proven. These are the numbers that we hit always when these games come out. And so he's trying to stop the buyout because... He doesn't want to be taken over by somebody else. I guarantee you if somebody else takes this game and takes it over, they turn it into a mobile company. They don't give a shit about it. Well, right? they'll make they'll make Assassin's Creed mobile until the end of time. They don't give a shit. Well, Krebs, they just want the they want the IP. Krebs is saying that he the ten cents probably he uh, he he wants a private group, not a big ass group that's just gonna get conglomerate and put it like Embracer Group's a private group, but they also have a whole bunch of other things underneath the so I don't think he wants I think he just wants an individual. Like an individual to come and buy them, so he could take keep control of it. Listen, when it get when it gets like this, the only people that are actually paying attention are are the are the Gordon Grecos of the world. They're gonna look at Ubisoft. They're gonna look at what their value is. They're gonna look at what their value is over the last years and what they can pump out, what they can make. And either they buy them out and destroy them by selling them, or they buy them out to force them to make the things that they want because they know that that makes the most money. Those are the only two options, right? Right. Those are the only two options. When a when a, when a company gets like this, you're in position. Either they're going to gut you and sell you off, or they want you to do the cookie cutter move and you're going to pump out stuff like we want to. Those that's it. Well, this that's is it. this is interesting as well. On top of that info, okay. So Ubisoft Netherlands says that Ubisoft Plus will arrive on Xbox Game Pass soon. Now, this is a leak. We don't know if this is sure for sure or not. But I called this about seven months ago. I said U U Ubisoft Plus will be a part of Game Pass come in the future. 
And if it is true, then the the psyche of myself is 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 spot on. Now, do you think if this does go through, do you think this is part of the what we just heard that he's looking for private people to invest in this company and he's getting a lot of money if he puts Ubisoft Plus onto Game Pass, right? Because well, we do know that Xbox does pay people to 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 right. join well, whatever in. the contract, whatever the contract is for his games on 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 Game Pass, right? So if he gets that money, maybe he uses that to try to buy back some of his stock. I understand, but the company is still the issue is the company is still exactly where it was a year ago. Nothing has changed, right? The climate of the company hasn't changed. The harassment hasn't changed. The products haven't changed. It's the same game every time, and. We were told a year ago how they were going in a completely different direction. Well, which direction would that be? Which direction is it that you're going that you're going to go against the one thing that you've been selling that's actually been working for you? Even though everyone's tired of it, people still buy it. So what's the different direction? Right? No, there, there's been no conversation. There's been zero conversation. So what you're looking at now is a company that's teetering because they don't know where they're going to go. Because I don't know about you, but if I was making the same three games for the last decade and a half, I'd lose my mind. Well, they, they want to make all their games. They want to make all their games into live service games, right? So that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I don't think Sony buys, buys them out. I think Ubisoft's trying other ways to go about not trying to... Um, get bought out by Xbox or Sony or Microsoft or Sony. I think they're looking for other ways to try to keep their vision because they want to go into the live service aspect, all their games being live service moving forward, right? And they're they're really looking forward to Skull and Bones and stuff that comes out, right? So Skull and Bones is going to be a shit show. So we'll, we'll see what we'll we'll see what happens there. Now, on top of that, okay, still staying on what um what what Xbox might announce, okay? So there's another rumor, Sarge, that from comicbook.com, Warner Brothers Discovery is reportedly interested in selling its gaming studios and IP licenses, right? Xbox and Sony and EA are supposedly among a handful of interested in making a deal. So what do we think about this, Sarge? Now, do we think... Now, we're just speaking of Xbox right now. Their big, big event that's coming up on June 12th. With this rumor of Warner Brothers may report selling the gaming studio slash IP, whatever. Do we think that we hear something from Xbox or Microsoft that they've now just picked up the IP of uh, DC and Batman and all the other stuff where they, they now own that brand? What do you, what do you think? Well, there's a, there's a lot of jockeying for position. If you're watching all the last couple of years, everyone's jockeying for position because the competition is fierce and the, and the number of people who are veteran developers is limited. So right now, the companies that are floundering are trying to get bought up either willingly or unwillingly by the larger guys so they can solidify their development labor because it's hard to, even though there's a lot of people in school going for graphics design and that kind of thing, vetted guys that are there to make games who can make the games that you are looking to make well are limited, right? So what is happening right now probably is going to go on for like another year. 
Everyone's going to start buying out the little guys on purpose because they want to put together bigger teams in order to make the games that they want to make, right? And that's the gamble. The gamble is how many developers can we put under our belt and still make games in a timely manner to make sure that we are profitable throughout the year. That's what you're watching right now. That's what you're watching. Right? The Square Enix thing. Now, I, Not Square I, Enix. I the WB. Yeah. Well, either one, right? So the issue, the issue is the same. It's like, how many IPs do you need before you have one that's a winning IP? Like, I buy, I buy out the DC IPs. Okay, we have them all now. Great. What are you guys gonna do with that? Well, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of games coming out. Gotham Knights is coming out. You're gonna make a Green Lantern game and think it's gonna be really good. Well, Gotham Knights is coming out. Uh, uh, Suicide Squad's coming out. Well, still waiting. They they would have the rights to any movie that's coming out to make the the video game based off the off the movie. You know what I mean? Just because people like superheroes doesn't mean every superhero game is going to be a video game no. that sells. No, but it's been in talks for a really long time that Batman uh, and the the gaming studios that make them were going to be picked up by somebody, right? So. Basically, the conversation we're having here is, do we think that Microsoft makes an announcement about buying WB? That's that's the question. Do you think on June 12th, they say, hey, we just picked up two new studios. We got Rocksteady and uh, and uh, I forget the other other um, I forget the other care, uh, studio guys. Put it out in chat uh, or in the comment section down below. Uh, we're, we picked up this IP license. So by the end of this year, when Gotham Knights comes out October 25th, voila. It's an Xbox title now. I mean, I, I don't know if the uh, CFO is in charge of giving the okay, but like like Viking said, is it Viking? Who says uh, steel, is stealth? I, I don't think it matters, stealth. I think if, if, it's on, if it's on the plate and it's possible, they don't care about the waiting. They'll wait. They'll put another bid in for somebody else because you, you, know, you know what it's worth. You know what the company's worth. You don't make a you, they don't make a bid on something unless they've got they've gone through the entire company and know what the worth of that company is. If it's worthwhile and they make a bid, they make the bid. Just like they did for Activision Blizzard. Oh. Same type of thing. Same I, type of thing. I just read what Stealth said. He said Harry Potter, Mortal Kombat, Duplass says they need a fighting game. They would have Injustice as well, right? I I see Microsoft picking this up. This is just more games that can go right. on Game Pass, right? Right. So Right. Let's 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 move it on before we talk about the other companies that have been buying out or whatnot. I, I want to talk about Krebsy pointed this out to me the other day. We we looked at the top ten PlayStation games and the top ten Xbox games. Now the article here is is showing about the PlayStation, I believe it's PlayStation Xbox games and I think it's PlayStation Four games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's best PlayStation 4 games and the best Xbox One games, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so this is the last console. Okay, so they're looking at all the sales of all the stuff. And what I find interesting, and we, we talked about this on the morning stream one day this week. Okay, so PlayStation has, I'm going to read the top 10 games sold on the PlayStation 4. Okay, and, and this will all fit into what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about if they buy out... Uh, WB games or whatnot to get the IPs, right? Or first party titles. So PlayStation has Uncharted The Lost Legacy as number 10. They have Control, which is a third party game. It's on both systems. Marvel Spider Man's at number eight, first party title. 
Horizon Zero Dawn at number seven, which is a first-party title. Grand Theft Auto V, which is on both systems. Persona 5, which I believe is a, just an exclusive for PlayStation, if, I wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, when it, when it came out, right? Persona 5 Royale. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. I believe it's just a uh, PlayStation at the time. Uh, Witcher 3, which is a third party on, on both sides. Bloodborne, when it came out, I believe was only for PlayStation at the time. Um, I could be wrong there again. Uh, Last of Us Part 2, which is exclusive. And God of War. That's PlayStation. So six games of the top ten are first party title games that are PlayStation. Okay, now we go to Xbox. Okay, top 10 games for Xbox. Okay, number 10, we have Sekiro, okay, which is not exclusive. We have Inside, which I don't believe is exclusive. Okay, uh, It Takes Two, which I don't believe is exclusive. We have Control, which is on all systems. We have Hitman 3, which I believe is on all systems. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. Uh, we have Doom Eternal. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We have Red Dead Redemption 2. We have Witcher 3. And we have Grand Theft Auto 5. There's not one first-party title, okay, in that mix. Now, the reason I bring this up, okay, obviously, this is Xbox One. Halo Infinite, Horizon, Forza Horizon 5 is not in there. Gears of War is not on there, right? Gears 5 is number 12. Master Chief is number, uh, Master Chief Collection is number 11. The reason I'm bringing this up, okay, none of them are first-party titles on Xbox, and none of them are exclusive on Xbox. They're everywhere. So you can see the two business models here, right? And the business models before is, was Game Pass versus PlayStation. And now PlayStation is getting their Game Pass-esque type of system coming out this summer or later this year, okay? The reason I bring this up is the first-party titles that are coming out mostly are single-player games on PlayStation, and the, there's no first-party title games on, on, on Xbox. Now, Xbox moving into the future now. We're in the next console. The best-selling games are what? They're not really selling them because Game Pass is Game Pass, right? They're not selling those games uh, for first-party titles because most people that have an Xbox... You're probably not going to buy Halo Infinite because you have Game Pass. You're probably playing for Game Pass. You're not going to buy Gears 5 because you probably have Game Pass, right? You're not going to buy these games if you have Game Pass because you have Game Pass. Now, my question to you is, Sarge, once PlayStation gets their digital service running and they have 25 to 50 million people playing digital games on their, on their thing when games come out, obviously the first-party titles are still sold. First, they're not on their platform. You can get demo versions of it if you pay $18 a month and you can play the first-party titles. Xbox is still game, game Pass. As a developer, who would you like to go with more? It all depends on what game you have. If you have a live service game or if you have a single-player game, okay? But for third-party title games, once PlayStation has it uh, uh, effectively working for them and Game Pass is now going against PlayStation Plus, okay, you're going to start seeing exclusives again because the developer that's making the game now, PlayStation is going to be like, well, if you come with us, we'll pay you this much to come exclusively onto the, the PlayStation network, right? And we'll pay you this much money, right? You know this is going to happen. And Xbox is going to be like, no, come to Game Pass. We have 25 million people and, you know, give us stuff. What do you think of this? Do you think this could happen again where it's now separating exclusives and first-party title games and, and uh, deals going on? Well, it it get, it's this will get complicated. So, <clears throat> first of all, competition is always good, always. 
right? The issue I see is PlayStation establishes their own Game Pass model. They move their PS Play over, and now you have that 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 community. What is it? It's like 50, million? It's, it's like 58 million people or whatever that are they're going to move. No, okay. it's, it's more than that, I think. It's more than yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So my question is this. I think, I think what they said was it's like 100 million people, and then by the time everyone moves over or whatever, I think it's like 58 million people will have. That's uh, fine. Yeah. So the point being is, like you say, as a developer, I have a game to release. I'm not sure I can sell a lot of it. I think I Game Pass is a better method for me. It's guaranteed money, right? So now you have PlayStation and Microsoft bidding on whether to have this independent guy be exclusively on your Game Pass or the other Game Pass. Right. Right? That's basically what it comes down to. So it benefits the developer because they're going to they compete for him to be exclusive right. on their right. system. They could be on right? both if they wanted to. Right? Sure. sure. They could be on both, which also benefits right. the developer. Right? Right? So... So far, it's win-win. My question is, that kind of business model goes against what PlayStation is. Right. Right? Because if PlayStation is about first-party titles... Make a game and sell a game. Right? If you're really about that, then if I have PlayStation's version of Game Pass, do I have to buy the first-party title? Yeah, or do I well, get it because it's on? The, no, no. You know what I'm saying? No, they, they're not. See what they, I'm saying? they said they said they could change, but they said that the games like God of War will not be on the the service. Now, this is what when I'm it comes saying. out. Maybe six months down the line, once the major sales are done, maybe they'll release it afterwards, right? Okay, but you're not day one. So, right. If if you rely on first party titles and your awesome ability to make these types of games. And that's where you get your bread and butter from. Then how do you work in a system where if I'm on Xbox and your first party titles immediately come to Game Pass, which I'm already paying for, and PlayStation becomes the opposite? If I I have your Game Pass on PlayStation, then I don't get the first party titles. I have to buy them, and then sometime later I'll get them. Like right. it. It it seems counterintuitive how PlayStation works because if PlayStation is just saying, "Hey, we got Game Pass too," and reads me a list of, once again, in my mind, I know it's wrong. It's a garage sale of games just thrown together yep. in order to create value for the system, which I understand. But if that's the way it's going to be, where do the first party titles lie? I right, and if if that's the case, I'm not sure what the increase in prices for PlayStation. But if they really get that many people to come over to PlayStation's version of Game Pass, PlayStation Play, whatever the hell it's called, right? Does that monthly installment offset the fact of what they might lose for first-party titles, and then they become exactly like Well, the, the conversation's not about first-party titles for PlayStation. We know that PlayStation's not putting first-party titles on their streaming service, whatever their whatever, Game Pass service, okay? They are doing a demo where they they are going to put the first two hours of a... So if God of War Ragnarok comes out this year, they're going to put a two-hour demo on the highest tier of their of their Game Pass. Uh, Duplis is saying they're not going to compete with Game Pass. But what I'm saying, Duplis, is that they're not competing with Game Pass as a day one release day on date where they're releasing the first-party titles, right? They're still selling their first-party titles on PlayStation. The third-party games, though... They could bid 
to try to get, because remember when Xbox first got into the market of video games and PlayStation was already there, Xbox had to pay for exclusivity to get into the market, okay? Now the tables have reversed, okay? Because Game Pass has been around three, four years now, and now PlayStation's getting into their market, okay? They've swapped the, the, the book on them, okay? So Xbox is now leading into the Game Pass market of digital, bringing people underneath this umbrella. And it's a service where there's hundreds of games on there, and PlayStation now has to play catch-up. And the, Epic did this when they came into against Steam. They paid for exclusivity for six months, nine months, one year to play it on Epic before it went over to Steam, Okay. So this is the exact same thing that's happening now that people are not thinking of. I am, okay? PlayStation will now try to, in my opinion, will try to purchase third-party games exclusivity. So let's just say, uh, let's say no deal happens with, I'm not saying this is happening, just giving an example. Gotham Knights is coming out. It's a third party. Warner Brothers is still separate, okay? It's a third-party title. No one buys them. Gotham Knights comes out and PlayStation says, you know what? That's a big game coming out. Why don't we get the exclusive for the first eight months where you can only play it on PS Plus, whatever the, whatever the service is. I don't even remember the goddamn whatever the service hell it is called. Is. Okay, right? And they do that now with Gotham Knights and they put it only on their service, okay? Now Game Pass can't get it, right? And now you have to purchase it, okay, on disc or you can't even purchase it on disc anymore because they got the exclusive rights to only play this game over on PS Plus. For eight okay. months. For eight months. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I know they do it now, Krebsy, but what I'm saying is it's going to happen more because they have to make their their digital service more uh, more attractive to a Game Pass. Game Pass is, it, it is an astonishing deal, right? Like, there's literally hundreds of games, and every day there's a new game being added. Or like, five, six a month are coming out. Yes, other games are leaving, but there's, like... Trek of Yomi. I didn't I didn't pay for it. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't pay for it. I just downloaded it and played it. Gave it a shot. Okay. So PlayStation needs to compete with that. And I think now that they're in the market, now that they're doing the same thing as as Xbox, the top 10 games now, okay, might have more of the third party games in there because it's exclusively on PlayStation. Now, obviously you can't bring in the streaming services to the top 10 sales because they're not buying those games. They're just playing them on the, the streaming service. We already know Xbox's MO, the first party title, Starfield, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls six, when it comes out, uh, op uh, outer worlds, you know, whatever, whatever starts to come out, that's all first party games. That's always on game pass, right? We know that from the start. But do you do you see this as being a problem more and more because now they're both in the market of this digital platform that they, they're going to start making these exclusives again? Because right now, sure, Final Fantasy, sure, there's a couple other games that, that are exclusive third-party games that are over on PlayStation, but I think that's going to get more and more as this goes on through the years here because PlayStation needs to compete with with Microsoft or at least try to compete they already dominate on first-party titles, right? They make a game, sell a game on PlayStation. They got to get in the other market. The other market is the streaming service part, and they need to make games that come in there, and how are they going to do that? I think they're going to pay more exclusives to come to just PlayStation. It, it just it seems weird because the, the, 
the follow through for Sony to follow through with a Game Pass uh, uh, idea goes against what they talked about for the last year because they wanted to be the party first party titles. We make first party games. You want to buy a PlayStation? That's why you want it. Yeah, hundred percent with them. But then you you want Game Pass at the same time. So how do you how do you market to both, and how do you create value? when everybody is competing to have those games on their service. Right. That's the big question. And what is, what is Sony willing to do to get those games? Now, once again, the way I look at Game Pass, and I know people get mad at me when I say this, but it's just, it's out of 100 games, there's 87 pieces of trash that you're going to play for 15 minutes to an hour, and then you're going to stop playing. Okay. There are some hidden gems in there. Yes, I will give it to you. There are some hidden gems. But for the most part, it's just a big closet full of shit to, to, to give you perceived value for the Game Pass, right? Is Sony going to do the same thing? It's almost like Epic did back in the day. Like how much crappy games were on the Epic engine, or the, uh, Epic on the Epic store, store yeah. right? Just, uh, just no so one cares. Compete, just so they could compete. Right, you're just putting games on it just to have it. They were buying everybody. So like, They're like, hey, here's thirty million dollars. Here's the exclusives. Like, yeah. I, so, is is Sony really going to go and do that? Are they really going to fill up a garage full of shitty games just to give perceived value, and then yet still stay on the side? Well, we have first party titles. That's why you want to buy PlayStation. Right. Oh, and by the way, if you buy a PlayStation, you still have to buy the first party title. You're not going to get it because you have. Right, PlayStation Plus, right. or they're making right. the money off that, and then the money right. off so, of the actual streaming right. service. How do you, right? How do you sell that? How, how do you sell that? It doesn't come across as a little weird. Like that's yeah. Uh, that is correct, Mo. Uh, he is correct on those numbers. It's forty-eight million right off the rip. We we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, the the people that already have a subscription model automatically get into the the automatic lower tier. And then there's other ones that are moving up to the higher tier or whatnot for the other 480 games they get to play or, or I mean, whatever if, if it is back playing, catalog. If, if, if just like, take out Game Passers for a moment. If, if the PlayStation crowd is still buying the, whatever the yearly thing is, I don't, I'm not on PlayStation, right? So what is it, guys? Is it, is it 40 bucks, 50 bucks for the year? Like, like, like uh, Xbox Live is? Is it, is it 30, 40 bucks a year? Like, what is it, right? So you have that number, and then out of the 48 million people, you, you come up with a, with a PlayStation Pass uh, market. I'm pretty sure most of the people who have a PlayStation are just going to bump it up to 5 bucks or 10 bucks, and just, you're going to have it. Right. So with, I'll give you 80%, right? 30-something million people, almost 40 million people, all monthly, monthly right? right? You're looking at, you're looking at somewhere around $6 billion a yeah, year. Yeah, $6 billion, yeah. Like six roughly, billion a year. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. Game Pass. The last time we. Six the, billion the, a year. For the last doing time nothing? they said anything about the numbers of Game Pass was like 22, 24, something like that, 24 million. And, and PlayStation doubles that right off the bat. Right. Right off the bat. So here's another story, right? Going into this Game Pass, there's rumors that our favorite game, Sarge, uh, Battlefield or Betafield 2076, also known as uh, Battlefield 2042 might be coming to Game Pass. Uh, this was leaked. Okay, now we don't know if it's uh, uh, real or not just yet. Okay, but this this popped up on the internet. 
Um, now, obviously, it could be photoshopped or it could be it could be fake in any way, shape, or form. But this popped up and then shortly taken down. This happened with FIFA 22 as well. Uh, and since then, no games has popped up on Game Pass. But I'm pretty sure that FIFA 22, this is just my opinion, and Beta Field 2076 at the Xbox event come June 12th will be announced or close to it either right before it or during the actual event that beta field 2076 will be coming to game pass. Okay. I have a feeling just because the numbers are just so awful for, for uh, beta field 2076 that I feel like that it's going to be coming. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with beta field uh, or battlefield as we like to call it uh, going back into the next other buyouts. Okay. So last week we had the embracer group, to acquire, which they are acquiring. They're, they still got to work out some of the, the kinks of it. But the Embracer Group to acquire Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal and Square Enix Montreal. Okay, so they're, they're taking three companies, okay, and for a steal, Sarge, for a steal, to get, to get the Tomb Raider IP alone, okay, just to put it in perspective, Tomb Raider has sold 88 million copies total. Okay, 88 million copies total, you know, roughly uh, times 60, you know, they already made their money back. Okay, just off that franchise alone, they'll make their money back, okay? So they have other, other IPs. So three of Square Enix's development studios will be acquired by the holding company Embracer Group in a $300 million deal, which is, I, I feel, is just a steal. Low. Okay, as, an, as Embracer low. has announced to, to uh, pre-release Bill Rogers, CEO of Square Enix America in Europe, has quoted saying that Embracer is the best-kept secret in gaming, a massive uh, decentralized collection of entrepreneurs who are thrilled to become part of it today. Now, the three studios required are Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Crystal Dynamics is currently working on Tomb Raider game using the Unreal Engine 5, while Eidos Montreal were recently responded for the super surprisingly good Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game. And Square Enix Montreal are also known for mobile games and create Hitman Go, Laura Croft Go, and DuSX Go. Okay, on top of that, um, they're also making uh, uh, Perfect Dark, right? Which is, they're working with Xbox on that. Uh, with the studios come control of catalogs of games, including Tomb Raider, X, Thief, Legacy of Kane, as a pre-release notes, the acquisition also includes the continued sales and operations of the studio's more than 50 back uh, catalog games on top of that. The Embracer Group, also originally at Nordic Games, before acquiring THQ, uh, since the publisher went bankrupt and uh, rebranding itself as THQ Nordic, um, after acquiring Coke Media and Deep Silver, followed by Coffee Stain and several others, the rebrand again as the Embracer Group in 2019. It's been an acquisition spree since then, snapping Saber Interactive, Gearbox, uh, Aspire Media, 3D Realms, Ghost Ship Games, Slipgate, Ironworks, Perfect World, and MMO development of Cryptic Studios, Beamdog, and Dark Horse Media, amongst others. Embracer Group has picked up all of these people in the last, like, three, four years, Okay, and no one really talks about these guys, right? Square Enix has also put out his own press release about the deal, noting that its remaining overseas studios will continue. Now, here's the reason I bring this up a little bit, because everyone's always worried about, well, Microsoft, I don't know, they're going to get Activision and Blizzard because they own way too many companies inside the... Meanwhile, Embracer owns way more studios, okay? Double 
the amount of studios that Xbox has, I think. And Xbox is at like 38, okay? And Embracer is at a ridiculous. They're at like 40, 50. I think they're closing in on 60, 60 game studios. So what's interesting here is there's a limbo happening right now because Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, is made by Crystal Dynamics. And in a, in a video interview with Embracer Group, one of the uh, uh, investors, uh, stockholders, was asking questions of what does this mean for the Marvel IP? Because they want to know, do we have that Marvel IP? And they said, we're in negotiation with Square Enix and Disney to transfer that IP over, okay? Which, if they don't get that, then Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel's Avengers basically just just gets killed, sort of like any other game where once you lose the license, you just can't sell the game anymore. I personally think that they will get the license and that Embracer Group, because they have all these studios, this might, this might be the saving grace that Crystal Dynamics and Marvel's Avengers was looking for because they have so many studios that if this game just gets scrapped and they work on something else, if Embracer Group gets the Marvel IP, I think this is a saving grace for, for Crystal Dynamics to not just get taken away, but I think they'll be like, all right, you can have the Marvel IP and we have other groups to help you make this game moving forward. If it's Marvel's Avengers 2, if it's, a, if it's an X-Men game, if it's something going forward, I think Embracer really is trying to go get this IP because, look, if you have the Marvel IP, you can start doing some really good stuff. And with all the movies and TV shows coming out, I think Embracer is going to try to... Because uh, 300 million, though, you know they're going to be paying a lot more. <laughs> I think they'll pay more for the license to just use the Marvel IP than they would pay for the whole thing they got for the three studios, in my opinion. What do you, what do you think, think about this, Sarge? Well, I, I think that they based off that that purchase number off the IPs of its past sales from back in the day, it doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense that 300 million would cover what IPs they had. Like if you were to do just off the top of my head, if you were to redo a up-to-date version and a new game of legacy of Kane, it would be a blockbuster. It would be a humongous blockbuster. Legacy of Kane was like one of the greatest games ever on the PlayStation, right? I can't see how they got so much for so little. It didn't make sense to me. And now, to me, that means that, that means two things, right? Either Square Enix is in trouble and they just needed to liquefy because they needed to get capital because the bragging that they're talking about and the things that they're saying they're like 100% going into mobile and NFT. Right. Like, that's the gamble. So if you are going that way and you offload these kind of IPs for that kind of price, it just doesn't jive unless you need that money immediately for, for you doing whatever you're going to do. It just seems strange. $300 million for the IPs that I heard in that article, it don't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense on any level. Real, real quick, uh, Embracer Group has 76 internal studios over 45 countries, including Europe and America. So they have 76, and they added a, another three. So right now they're at 79, 79 studios. And people are worried about Xbox picking up too many studios and being a, a monopoly. They have, to, they have no yeah. idea what they're talking about. Yeah, No idea what they're talking about. So, Listen, man, I, 
and by the way, that's a that's a company that just bought those uh, studios, and they don't have Game Pass. They're just a guy making games, right? They're just a right. conglomerate of right. people making games. They'll throw their games on Game Pass, no no doubt, which they have. Both Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Marvel's Avengers are both on Game Pass, but that was before they got picked up by Embracer. What, 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 what were the big ones again? Tomb Raider, Legacy of Kane. What was that? What were the two or three other ones in there that you said? Like, they're tremendous. Yeah. Well, they have Gearbox. Gearbox alone is a huge. I mean, that's that's the Borderlands yeah, but, series. Yep, yeah, but Gearbox is they have it's just Borderlands. They're like they're not they don't make like multiple titles. No, it's multiple still a huge, a huge franchise though. It it is, but they have to come out with something better. That's that's what I'm saying. You can't do the same shit forever. It it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, Listen, Mo, I looked it up and it actually they include so it is 76 with Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix. Yeah. They they picked up real quick. Sorry, sorry, I'm uh, interrupt you. Uh, yeah. They they picked up. God, this is crazy. So just in the last year, just in 2021, in 2021, in February of 2021, they picked up four companies in February. They picked up four companies in May. They picked up one, two, three, four, yeah, five, around. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven in August. They picked up one in September, two in October. Then they, they picked up an additional... Who is backing them? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37 in December. They picked up 37 studios in December alone. February, they picked up two. Who's their backer? They're, who's, they're all independent... Their... Uh, independent investors combined to to make the embracer group okay march this year they picked are up they, two. are they are they publicly traded uh embracer is a publicly traded company i believe yes is it i believe so I'll, i'm I'll, gonna start hunting I'll, I'll, I'll look it up i'll look it up uh i think they are yeah but that that's crazy 37 companies alone in december under the radar no one no one talks about Don't it pay attention yeah no one no one Meanwhile, Microsoft's like, we're buying Activision. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's the end God. of the world. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're freaking out. And it's just like, come on now. Right? <laughs> yeah. And they paid they paid a shit ton. They paid a shit ton of money, man. They, they are moving. So they paid $300 million for this deal. They paid $125 million for Cryptic Studios. They paid $2.7 billion for the, uh, for the big acquisition in December. They paid $450 million for Aspire. They paid $640 million for Easy Brain. They paid $1.3 billion for Gearbox back in February last year. Who are, who are they backed by? And they're all over the place. They're, they're all over the place. So Embracer's making some moves, uh, and people just don't realize a lot of stuff. They, they look at the big things like, who's Sony buying? Who's Microsoft buying? But Embracer has bought a lot, a lot of people. Uh, in the in the just the last year, in the last two three years, they've bought even more. Um, since 2019. Uh, on top of that, Square Enix reports say that the company could be preparing acquisitions by PlayStation. Right, so uh, Square Enix just sold off three other companies to Embracer Group, and we said this a couple months ago. We're like, it seems like they might be doing something to, you know, get bought out. So. That's it. It just says earlier today, Square Enix sold Crystal Dynamics, EOS Montreal, and Square Enix. Um, and now they might be 
being acquired by PlayStation. This would be a huge pickup for, for PlayStation if they picked up uh, Square Enix. Do they, hypothetically, obviously, but if PlayStation picks up Square Enix, do you think they do the opposite of what Xbox is doing, where Phil said, we're not doing anything exclusive. We're going to let, you know, it's first-party titles free on Game Pass. Well, Square, well, Enix, Square, Enix, Square Enix is Final Fantasy, right? I'm pretty Square, sure. Square Enix is Final Fantasy. They have yeah. a, a bunch of, uh, uh, right? And, they, and they're, they're doubling down on NFTs for Enix, right? Yep. So, obviously, we can see if Square Enix does get picked up by PlayStation, do you think PlayStation says... Yeah, we're going to make our games exclusive only for PlayStation. Where I mean, Xbox, Xbox is like, eh, no, we'll, we'll put it for PC well, and the Xbox. Tear, and the tear has to happen, right? You have to come out with games that make you have to buy the system. PlayStation has that. PlayStation has that. Now they just need to have, find a way to make their, their, their Game Pass model have more value. Because right. you're, you, I have to, if I have a PlayStation right now, I have to buy the highest tier in order to get the benefits of playing those test games. Like beforehand, right, you should demos. Be able to get te you, the demos and the test games, you should be able to get whenever you wanted. Now I have to buy, I have to be paying for the test game, right? So on some level, they're going to have to try to build a better library of games that gives me value. Otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah, the, de the demo thing, I like the demo idea. Basically, Xbox does this with preview program as well. Uh, and then with the Game Pass... It's like a demo. You can just download a game and try it out. If you don't like it, you just delete it, right? Where you're you're paying for the full game on Xbox Game Pass. And on PlayStation, you gotta pay $18 to get a two-hour demo. So you're you're paying $18 to get the magazine with the disc in the back, but you're not getting a magazine. You're just getting the disc in the back, right? Of 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 the game. So I'll be interested to see the way it works out for uh PlayStation with the that tier with the demos that they want to to bring out. Now, as far as as far as Square Enix going to PlayStation, I see this happening. I do. I see if Square Enix goes there and Ubisoft technically goes to Xbox, right? Potentially, they could well, at least maybe not buy bought not bought by Xbox or Microsoft, but Xbox Plus will be on Game Pass type of thing, and and a deal will be there. Um, so they would still make games for both sides, but they would be part of Game Pass. I can see Ubisoft going to Xbox or Microsoft, and I can see Square Enix going over to PlayStation. And as Mo said, they're already in bed together, right? So I can see that. I can see that happening. And on top of that, since Square Enix is all in on NFTs, right? The next story that we have is the NFT. Well, actually, before I do that, let's go to the NFT corner. Oh, fucking thanks. All right, so NFT market collapses just as Square Enix sells uh, Tomb Raider to a big, uh, to, to bet big on blockchain, okay? So yesterday we learned that Square Enix is attending to sell Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to the uh, monolithic Embracer Group along with the IPs for the games like Tomb Raider, Thief, Legacy Kane because to quote, uh, Squeenix, uh, the transaction enables the launch of a new business by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud, which is to say the previous announced desire to milk the NFT blockchain market. Now, the NFTs feel like the most extraordinary pre uh, precise emblem of 2020. It's all garling a, a pile of bullshit. Companies are literally selling a line of code 
on what they call a blockchain to repackage the extremely old idea of digital asset ownership as the next big investment you should get in on while you, the going is good. Now, we've been able to own things like video game skins for a long time. Of course, somehow, though, many of these companies are putting a lot more effort into pretending that you can now own a picture and then pretend that you're doing it with the picture somehow becomes uh, you know, embedded into the inherent worth of all giving a life by enough idiots clapping their hands and shouting. This guy seems like he hates NFTs just like us. Unfortunately, a lot of these clapping idiots wear expensive suits and talk loudly in boardrooms and with every other aspect of the scam fest is Web 3.0. Uh, businesses have uh, desperately scrambling to profit before the whole illusion blows away on a breeze. And it seems that the breeze might have shown up early and anyone's expecting. So the Wall Street Journal does minus words and reporting that opening line is simply that the NFT market is collapsing, citing not only that 92% fall in sales, but also extraordinary drop in active wallets by 88% since November. Uh, this is partly due to, it seems, the rising interest rates that are uh, strangling the poorest, but also turn into causing the richest to be far less risky in speculation. And you can't get much more speculative than betting on a mass delusion of a JPEG ownership. Uh that delusion that's breaking a lot of people of late is how the discovery of promise of NFTs would also somehow gain value over time isn't vaguely true. Recently reported, to sell NFT, Jack Dorsey's first tweet linked so you can own your copy for free, for which he paid $2.9 million, expecting that his C bids of uh, cough $50 million and received nothing higher than $3,600. Since had a, bad, a bid of just shy of 14000 or less than 0.05% of what he paid for it a year ago. So the Wall Street reported last month, the reason for not uh, parting with it for over a year payment of 14000 is because I think the value of the NFT is this far greater than you can imagine, and whoever wants it can buy it must be worthy. So the whole thing is just crumbling down. Sarge, what do you think of the NFT market dropping 92% uh, since November? Just remember, everyone everyone you keep hearing about in, in articles, though, they're all betting big on NFT. That's all you keep hearing, right? They're all betting big on NFT. All these well, companies they, are, are, right. are redoing they gotta, they stuff. Gotta, they got to hype it they're, up, Sarge. Right. So so it, I'll give it another year, right? I want to see all these companies keep pouring millions of dollars into NFT bullshit and watch these companies just go out and watch them all die, and we can start over. We can start fresh. Every, every Any company that says they're retooling to go hardcore NFT and blockchain, good. Go for it. Well, right. if you notice, even on social media, on your feed, you don't see the Bitcoin advertisements anymore. You don't see the NFT things happening as much anymore. It died really fast. You were going to say? Sorry. Well, I, it's, it's still, I still get the guy with the piggy bank. Cling, Bitcoin. That, that one I get. <laughs> I still get that one, right? That's the only one I get, but I don't get the rest of them. Listen, I know what it was when it started, right? I'm happy everyone thought yeah, it was going to be this, voice the, next, about it. The, next, the next greatest thing where you were going to invest $1,000 and then be a millionaire by Monday. Like, whatever you thought, right? It's a trash pile. That's all it is. The market only exists if you believe the market exists. That's exactly how this one works. I'm not going to give you more money for something that somebody else gave you if I don't think there's value in it. Right. Period. Right? That's how it goes. They are trying to hype up value the entire time. They're telling you limited edition. Like I, no one cares. Nobody gives a shit, right? That little, that little monster one that came out. The little monsters you, you the little NFT monsters you get. You collect them all. Like it's like a Pokemon, but like oh no, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. One yeah. That, the one that got robbed. You talking about yeah. that place? Yeah, right, right. And and it's and wholesale hackers just running amok because there's no. 
There's no security about it at all. It's just trying to rape. You steal. Uh, yeah, listen. because it's not like someone cashes out their NFTs and takes the cash. They just keep it in their digital wallet. I, I can't even look at it with a straight face and think it's real. Like you actually believe it's real. Like it, and, and to them, by the way, the invented price on anything that they sold is in their mind money that they lost. So at the end of the year, they say, "Oh, I lost this much money for their taxes." Like I, I, I lost eighteen thousand for this one, and like it ain't worth shit. It's not worth the the pixels that it's on. Okay, uh, Dmac, we're not talking about the Bitcoin. We're we're talking about NFTs and the the money that they were using in their you know, made up currency that they were using for these things, right? A lot of them were using the Ethereum. And Ethereum, yes, is still the higher Bitcoin uh, crypto, I should say, cryptocurrency uh, in the market. Yeah, Bitcoin is still strong. The cryptocurrency is still a thing. But the NFTs uh, and what people are, are doing is is a completely different thing, right? Most of these things that make the NFTs are, are using uh, their own currencies and then using blockchains to sell it, and but then they get robbed and, and, and you lose it it's, all. It's it's a, it's a shit fest, man. Shit fest. Yeah. So the the next the next thing the last story I think we could uh, hit here is I think this is interesting, right? Take two plans to release forty plus consoles slash PC games over the next two years, including GTA Six and Bioshock Four. Now, way back when I predicted that in twenty twenty three twenty twenty four is when Grand Theft Auto Six is coming out now if this is true that would be another thing i'm close on okay because they say within the next two years grand theft auto 6 and bioshock 4 is coming out along with 38 other games 38 40 games in two years that's 20 games a year from just take two that's great so so basically they haven't made a game since grand theft auto 5 and they're just waiting. Well, no, Rockstar I mean, hasn't made, but Take Two has made other games. They make a lot of games. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, forty games in two years. Forty games in two years. Bet. Put it in the big book of bull. Bet. Bet. No shot. All right. So here's some of the games. Twenty games in two years. No here, shot. Here's some games. Oh, sorry, forty games. Forty let, games. Let in me two let years. me let me read you some games here. We got Marvel's Midnight Suns. We got Kerbal Space Program Two. We got Tales from Borderlands 2. Tales from the Borderlands 2. We got 2K NFL arcade game coming out. We have 2K sports games coming out. We have the 31st Union multiplayer game. I don't know what the hell that is. Bioshock 4 coming out. We have um, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6. We have Kevin Levin's new game, whatever that is. Right. We have Max Payne 1-2 remakes. We have Moon Studios Action RPG. We have unannounced Hangar 13 project. We have other private division projects. So there's a lot of games coming out. I don't know, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. 40 games in two years. I say they get 25. 25 games yeah. in two years. You I know think what? You're, you know, Reese is right. Maybe you're right, Mike. 40 games in two years. More than half for mobile. Uh, done deal. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that would be it. Right? Every every three weeks, like a Reese Inca Dinka one, Inca Dinka two, it's Inca Dinka three. Yeah, they'll put thir Inca 30, Dinka 30 mobile games. It'll be it'll be thirty nine mobile games and Grand Theft Auto. That that's the <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll ridiculous, be man. That'll be ridiculous. It. You know, listen, you're, Reese is right. They're mobile. They're mobile. Well, no, I mean, I just named off a good 12, 15 games that are not mobile games. 
So right, not mobile, and they have to release on time. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, speaking speaking of on time, here's the last story I want to talk about. Remember the game that we looked at? And we were like, I don't know, man. The day before, right? The 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 division. Wait, the the. Uh... The division it's, clone. It's, it's it looks like a it's a it's a survival game. Yeah, it's the division zombie okay. PvP yeah, yeah. dark zone type of game. Okay, so the day before has been delayed till 2023. Okay. Wait, it was out this year. It was out in six weeks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah it, was it was coming com- out. It was coming out in six weeks. Okay. So the day before has garnered a ton of attention since it revealed as an MMO with the series of Last of Us Part 2 vibe. Players will be scavenging vehicles, houses, skyscrapers to restore colonial survivals while somehow surviving the post-pandemic world. Okay. The day before news came out very slowly, but players eventually learned that it would be coming out to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X after its PC release. Eventually, they even learned that it would be releasing in June of 2022, a month or so away as of writing this. But now, surprisingly, move developer Fantastic has delayed the day before release date by one fucking year. Delays are not uncommon in the gaming industry, but the circumstances around this one are particularly, you know, in particular, to say that the least, developer Fantastic, okay, is a statement of IGN announced that it is swapping the day before to Unreal Engine 5, right? They're working with 4, and now they're working with 5. There's a little doubt about the sheer power of the new engine, and many games have been confirmed for Unreal Engine 5 in recent weeks. Now, I'll go, uh, no doubt allows Day Before to hit goals visually and beyond, but changes engines so close to release is a bold move. So, it says millions of people have added the Day Before to their wish list, making it the Day Before the most anticipated game in the world. So, obviously, they're going to delay it. Right. So feeling the understanding of the great responsibility that the fence with enormous gratitude in our hearts, we're pleased to announce uh, that the day before is switching to a new Unreal Engine 5 technology and transitions to a more advanced and adapt open world engine will make the gameplay of the day before even more fantastic. Uh, It will now come out on the date of March 1st, 2023. What do you make of this, Sarge? You think it's as simple as they're just switching engines? I don't. I don't understand. You delayed a game for an entire year because you want to make it to the. You, you want to change it all over to the new engine. Yeah, that's their reason. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, you could use that as the excuse. You were six weeks out. The game's done. Game's done. Or was it? Right. So. Right. The, the footage that we saw, it looked pretty interesting, right? But we just didn't see a lot. Now, six weeks, nobody knew a lot of stuff. Six weeks from now, it would have launched. Okay? Yet, we didn't really know a lot about it. They showed us footage, and we saw it, but we didn't really know what to do in the game, right? They didn't really go into too much depth of what this game was. Yeah, I, I'm not I, buying it. I Obviously, this is just my theory. I don't... Uh, I know where you're going with this. I, I'll agree with you. I already okay. know. You know I, my theory is sort of like Outriders pre-orders, right? Outriders pre-orders are really low, okay? And they decided that they were going to put it on Game Pass and so on and make the money down the road, which they now the World Slayer is coming out uh, next month, right? I believe this game was hype because people wanted a Division game. People wanted it, but they, they, told, they showed you enough, but not enough to know what the fuck it is. Six weeks out, and they went, they made this choice weeks ago. They went, 
I know they say that their wish list making a day before the most anticipated games in the world. Where's the numbers? I want to know those numbers. If someone can give me a link of to to know, okay. If it was the wish list, the most most anticipated game in the world, okay. But I bet you, it didn't hit the number that they they thought was. We're we're approaching six weeks out. You'll know how many people are interested in your game. And if it was the most anticipated game in the world, what's that? About it. What's that number? Right. It could be a thousand people that wish list it, and it could be sixty people more than everyone else in the world, and it's the most in the world. What's that number that people were waiting? I think a lot of people were holding off on this, going, oh, "I'm just gonna wait and see what this is." Right? So much so they're like, "Hey, you know what? I have an idea. Let's delay it and say we're gonna adapt it to the to the engine five. And I think this is a smart move on their part because if the game wasn't done yet. And it was going to be worked on for the next 12 months after the fact it launched. Okay. If they now switch it from Unreal Engine 4 to 5, now people think, oh man, this is going to look great on the new systems. Right. And, and they think that they've they put more care, level tender care into it. But all this does now for me is makes me worry because now March 1st comes in 2023, if it comes out March 1st, 2023, because as they approach it, you know, the check's not cashed until they you know what i mean like until you until you go to the bank and go oh and even I then i don't think i don't think it was ready i don't think it was ready either i don't think it was ready. i think it's another halo i think it's another cyberpunk i think it's all of that i think it's i i think it was not cooked enough and they went you know what let's take our time let's give ourselves another seven eight months okay ten months okay and we'll we'll put it in the new engine it'll be easier to work with in the future, we can update it more. That's, that's a huge, it's a huge decision. I don't think it's that big of a deal as far as going from four to five. I'm not a developer, but just the way Unreal is is done, it all depends how big their team is. I would assume that they, it's not as hard as just scrapping the whole thing and starting over from five. But moving it from four to five, I think is easier than scrapping it and starting it from fresh is what I'm saying. Well, well if that's the case, then what's Halo's excuse? Is that the uh, is that the length? Does, does it say the uh, the number? What's what's the number? What's that number? Let me see what that number is. You know, that's what I say. What what, what if that's the case? And what's Halo's? What was Halo's issue? Yeah, but what's the number? Does it does it say the number of people interested? It just says it's the number one game. I want to know a number, like how many people's wish list. You see what I'm saying? Like they number want one. they they let's say they wanted like thirty thousand people wish list, but it only hit like two thousand. You see what I'm saying? You can show me this thing, but how many people wish listed? Does it does it say how many people wish listed it? Not enough. Do they I show mean, us that number, or do they only show the number to the developers? Obviously, I'm assuming it's the it's just the developers. Appreciate that link, Krebsy. Right? That's that's what I'm saying. I can say this is the most watched podcast in the world on a Tuesday, right? We film it live on Thursday, but it's the most watched one on Tuesday. No one's going to know if I'm lying or not if I don't show actual numbers. Yeah, six six weeks out is real close, man. That's real close. Six weeks. Six weeks. I don't think it was ready. All right. It's, it's, It's good. It's a good defensive play, though, you know? You think we, do, you, do you think we see uh, a more in-depth thing of what the game is at, at uh, Summerfest? Nope. Nothing? Nope. So then we'll only see it during the award show if, in December. If, if they do show it, it'll be the same footage. 
I, I think I think we'll see it in December because that'll be three months away from what they're they're showing us, right? You gotta remember it's only coming to PC first and then coming Whatever. to console later. So it might not even come out to console until twenty twenty four. Maybe. So maybe. Uh let's see here. Stories that we missed. All right, I'm just gonna read the titles real fast. Okay. Uh Stories that we, we didn't get to today. Bungie claims against uh, Destiny hackers dismissed in court. We didn't get to that. Uh, Overwatch 2 scoreboard is as odds with the series uh, spirit because people are upset because there's too much information. They're going to get, they're going to get, uh, I'm sorry, what? Trash talked. There's, there's too much information. Too much information. They're, they're showing the kill death ratio, Sarge, and what you're doing of uh, healing wise and stuff. They don't want, they don't want people to talk shit to them when they, you don't want to know how, you, don't, you right. don't want to know how well you're doing. You just want to, Push buttons and that's it. That's right. Uh, Blizzard sets a date for Warcraft mobile game revealed. We didn't get to that. Uh, Rockstar GTA 6 is developing in the the uh, proprietary Rage 9 technology. We didn't get to that. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's all the stories that we didn't get to. Uh, we do appreciate you coming out and watching us live on Thursday nights, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week. And we rant along the way. Uh, if you'd like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, uh, this episode gets knocked down off of YouTube. And then uh, I re-upload it. Uh, and then if you guys can go to the new one when it launches later this evening or tomorrow, whenever you get back on YouTube, just please make sure you hit that subscribe button or the notification so you know when this episode comes back up. And you can uh, hit the like, share, comment. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can uh, be a member for 99 cents. We do appreciate you. Uh, if you if you do that, uh, if you want to help us out for free, you can also just go over to Twitch at that follow button, or you can also do a four ninety nine there as well, or use your Twitch Prime sub. We do appreciate you very much for coming out and hanging out with us each and every single week. Uh, we are live. Let me just give you guys a heads up of what's happening in the future here. Uh, we are live next week. Uh, we're live on the twelfth, the nineteenth, but we will not have a show on the twenty sixth of May, which is the last week of May. Uh, I'm out of town. Uh, and I will not be uh, doing the, so we'll be off that week. Uh, so we, we still have another two episodes uh, in this month, three total, uh, the month of May. Uh, like I said, we're here live every single Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you like what we do here, please make sure you share, comment, uh, and, and hit that like button down below. Uh, we'll be back on Mondays. We do a stream Monday through Thursday called The Daily Grind, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning till uh, noon Eastern. And then we also do streaming uh, at, in the evenings, Monday through Thursday, 8 p.m. to about midnight uh, or ab about 11, uh, Monday through Thursday. Uh, we have our Obi-Wan show uh, review coming out uh, at the end of this month. Uh, Obi-Wan on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. And also Miss Marvel will be covering those shows as well. Well, at least as of right now, we are. So appreciate it very much. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for watching. Game on, guys. since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.